from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Star Joe's Podcast, episode 169, Hail Suckas. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm John. And welcome back, everyone. Yes, uh, this is another one of our Suck episodes, and Hail Suckas seemed like a good title considering the controversial topics that are out there right now in comics. Uh, joining us for this episode, I don't, don't want him to wait too long, is our good buddy, Uncle T-Back, Travis himself. Welcome to the show, Travis. Thank you, thank you. I, uh... Want to hail all the suckers out there, all of you. <laughs> um, so there is also uh, a chance that in the next few minutes that our buddy Nick will also join us. So um, he did text me saying that uh, he should be on around 10 o'clock tonight. So uh, probably in the next 20 minutes or so he should be joining us. So uh, once he does, we'll have him jump right into the... The topics that we're talking about. So the first thing, if you guys are open to talking about it, you don't have to. But since the title is Hail Suckers, um, the reason for that title is because there's been a lot of controversy around Steve Rogers, Captain America number one. And I know I've expressed my opinion about it because the response that it's getting is kind of pissing me off a little bit. Um, but I wanted to hear what your guys' thoughts were. I don't know if you, either of you have actually read the issue, or I'm sure you've seen the reaction to it and everything, but w- what are your guys' thoughts, whoever wants to go first? Um, I did not catch wind of this until late Wednesday afternoon. I was riding the DC Rebirth high. Uh, it was also close of business for me on Wednesday, so I was a little little busy. Um, I was a little surprised, but I wasn't, I don't know. They did this with Spider-Man where, you know, a couple years ago, Superior Spider-Man, where he was a bad guy and then he came back. And 
I feel like this is going to be a lot more of the same where, you know, well, maybe he's not mind controlled, but yeah. he'll, he'll, he'll be back. It, I don't think he, you know, there should have been no death threats or, or anything along those lines. Um, my favorite part or my favorite thing about this is last night I saw a Dusty Rhodes meme um, <laughs> where Dusty Rhodes is uh, one of his most famous uh, promos he's ever done or is was his hard times promo. It's hard times, baby. And uh, I saw the, the, the meme last night where they said, uh, you know, we're on hard times when uh, Captain America turns heel before John Cena and, <laughs> That that's all I needed to see, and so it's all been worth it up to this point just to see that meme for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, seen- whoever meme Gene. I, I think that's who was tagged on that. So, <laughs> thank you for that meme. You're doing the Lord's work. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the uh, the Deadpool one where it's like I hate chimichangas? <laughs> it's like it's perfect. I've seen that one. Uh, there's a John Cena one that says you can see me. Um, this is, it's comics. I mean, that's really, (laughs) that's what I was going to say. Two words. It's comics. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's, it's ridiculous that there's death threats. I mean, really? Come on. Death threats. Like these, this is fictional stories with fictional characters. Yeah. We get attached to them, but to actually like, I'm sure there's a legitimate, reason in the world to threaten someone's life but this is not it um i don't uh, it blows my mind the part that really bugs the hell out of me is that there are people that i know for a fact have not read the issue and are complaining about it without reading the issue because nowhere in the at least in this first issue does it say that captain america has turned traitor people are jumping to that conclusion there's glimpses of his past where his mom was invited to a Hydra meeting. She didn't know it was Hydra. Um, she is told that her son has great things in his future. So I'm thinking the character that kind of introduces this is a possibly a time traveler who's trying to change the past. That's one possible s- story element. Um, and at the end of the issue, we see Captain America doing something completely out of character from the whole issue. It doesn't even make sense what what he does compared to what he does the whole rest of the issue. And then he says, Hail Hydra, which we don't even know the tone he says it in or anything like that. All we see is those words. And everyone's just making this big jump to conclusion as to what it all means. Now, I know Nick Spencer has come out and said, there's things going on. It's a full story. It's not going to just be one story arc. This is a massive story. And at the end of it, he actually says in an interview, this will not take away from what you love of the character. If anything, it will help grow what you, what you know and think of this character. So, and he says, you know, Braveheart is not going to let me tarnish this character. So, okay, you already have the creator saying I'm not going to screw this up, but this is a twist. It's meant to catch your eye. It's meant to, it's just meant to tell a story. So it doesn't make any sense. But like I said, reading that first issue, I didn't read into it. Like you could read into it that he's turned traitor, but nowhere in that issue does it say that he did that. And it 
pisses me off when I see people making that conclusion because they've read uh, other people's articles. And I don't even know if those people that read, wrote the articles have even read the issue in some cases because they mention certain things. And I'm like, that's not even what happens in the issue. Um, and I'm going to call one person out on it because he has no problem and he's totally related to Joe and he has no problem calling other people out. And that's uh, Kirk Bozigian. I saw him post something on about the whole Captain America thing and, oh, now they're taking away Captain America and everything else. And shame on you, Kirk, because I know 99% sure that you did not read the damn issue. And you're jumping onto this bandwagon and everything else. And and the reason I say shame on him is because he's typically someone that gets pissed off when other people don't look into the facts of things. So it really bothers me that people are making threats, that people are jumping to conclusions. It's, to your guys' points, it's comics. It's a story. Read the story. Enjoy the story. If you feel it's ruined Marvel for you, then don't read Marvel anymore. You have your old stories of Marvel go back to, just like with the people who are ticked off about the new 52, go back and read your old DC and everything else. That's fine. But to actually threaten someone's life because they wrote a story that you don't even know the end game of it is completely ridiculous. So that was that's my piece on it. So I, While you were, were talking, I had thought of something. Do you think that this is a problem, not for comics, but because of modern comics and the, the decompression and the decomposed stories. Like if this was 10 years ago, do you think if this would be a problem because we would have more than likely got the whole story or at least more of the story uh, at ending instead of ending at Hail Hydra? It's, it's possible. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good point. I think there still would have been a cliffhanger. Like, I don't think this would have been a one-and-done type story. Um, I think I think one of the things, too, it's the... I hate to sound old and say it's this generation or this society that we're in right now, but everyone wants that instant gratification, that instant know-everything. And comics are not designed to do that. Comics are not designed to tell you everything up front. They're designed to lay a story out for you that you follow and... I personally like it when there's twists and turns that I don't know what's coming next or what's going to happen. So um, I think someone wants to be able to go on Wikipedia and just read, oh, yeah, Captain America is a Hydra agent now. But I think to that point, too, Ryan, you know, Travis, you said 10 years ago, 10 years ago, you didn't have these this cinematic universe that has drawn people in that have never read a comic in their life. Yeah. And, and well, they still aren't reading the comics. Let's face it. I mean, you bring Steve Rogers back because he's Captain America. You you make this story. It's comics. Ten issues from now, they'll probably renumber it to number one again, and it won't matter. People right. will for, will forget it. So, but there's this. There's so much. I think to your point, Ryan. You know, people want to have this information, but it's people that just don't have any frame of reference to begin with. Right. And then, and then the media outlets, if the New York Times and USA Today and, and these people that don't give a rip about comics at all, all of a sudden, well, it's going to get some eyeballs. It's going to get some click-throughs. They're going to they're gonna talk about it. Yep. They're the ones that don't know anything about it. They're, they're, they see that one frame, yep. that one that one panel, and it's you know everybody's run, run into assumptions. Yeah. I haven't read it. I don't care. I think you know if it sounds like a good story later on and they put it in a trade, that's why I'm going to read stuff anymore anyway because yeah. – because it, it doesn't make enough – most books, to Travis's point, 
there's not enough meat in one issue for me to be interested in keep reading sometimes. So why not wait six six issues and read a trade of it and see what I think then? And I totally agree. The only reason I even picked up the issue is I'm someone that I'll give a first issue of of a lot of things to try, especially if I'm interested in it. I had no idea about – honestly, I had no idea about this controversy when I picked up the issue. Uh, but then once I saw the controversy, I was like, well, let me read it because I don't want to give an opinion without reading it. Novel concept there. Um, <laughs> How dare you? I know, it, right? Uh, let it process and move along with your day without being a keyboard warrior. <laughs> but, I am disappointed in you. I know, right? But to to your point, though, too, Travis, I'll give you a perfect example of a very beloved character of mine. You said 10 years ago. I'll go 20 years ago. Hal Jordan. Turned evil, killed the entire Green Lantern Corps, <laughs> and people were upset. And who knows if we had the channels that we have today back then, people may have lost their mind and done death threats. Because let's face it, everyone's a uh, is very brave behind the keyboard. Um, that's why these death threats even happen. As well, you know this and that, and they would never even dream of saying that to someone's face. Um, but yeah, Hal Jordan. They had to to retcon to make him a hero again. They had to go back. You know, Jeff Johns had to do in Rebirth and go back and say, oh, the reason he did that was because of Parallax. And it worked really well. It was an awesome retcon, but it was still a retcon. Spencer actually has a story in mind of where this is going without the retcon. Um, And I'm sure at the end of it, Captain America Steve Rogers is probably going to be a hero again. He might even be in a better light at the end of this. It sounds like that from the interviews I've read that he's given. So We didn't have these problems when Snake Eyes died a year ago. Jeez. <laughs> well, that's because we got another Snake Eyes who is basically the same. Well, and you Eyes also didn't have a, million, a movie that's the highest rated. True. Your biggest box office in the United States so far uh, this year. So That's true. Sad, yeah. sad, but true, you know? Yeah. So, um, and I do want to talk about that movie, but I know Nick really wants to join in the conversation. So we'll give him some time to be able to jump in, uh, with that. But yeah, I I just wanted to kind of get, I wanted to get the negativity out because I I think the rest of the episode is going to be a lot. I I'm predicting a lot of it's going to be positive. I don't know your guys reviews of civil war or anything like that, but I think it's going to be very positive rest of the episode. Um, so to give Nick a little bit of time, I did want to jump into some things I marked in previews. I do have a lot of things marked, but I, there are things that I think could stir some uh, top conversations. And Travis, I know some of the things might be of really a big interest to you. So uh, yeah, I've got a I've got a couple as well, and I okay. didn't tell you that I do, but I've got. Uh, I'm sure we've got maybe a couple of the same, but okay. mine aren't necessarily Star Joe's related, but things that you should check out. Now, are you going off of stuff coming out in August and the latest previews or the ones from July? Uh, I, oh, I, I did not get the latest previews yet. So. Oh, okay. But well, you, I have the I have the newest one for August. I picked it up this Wednesday on my. Well, you I feel free to jump in with anything that you noticed. So okay, <laughs> so we'll we'll go publish by publisher. So I'll I'll start with Dark Horse and I'll mention the one thing I have in there from Dark Horse. And I don't know if there's anything else you had, but as far as books coming out in July, we're gonna have Predator versus Judge Dredd versus Aliens, <laughs> which I thought was very interesting. Um, we've obviously had Predator versus Aliens before. Have we ever had Judge Dredd mixed in with any of those other properties? I don't no, think he's so. Too, he's too busy being the law. 
but yeah, it sounded it sounded interesting to me. Um, I don't know if I'll try it or if it might just be one of those things that, to your point, John, I might just wait for the trade on. Uh, I'm not the biggest Judge Dredd person. I like some Judge Dredd, but I'm not a huge fan. Uh, I do love Predator and Aliens, though, so uh, I don't know. I've kind of waited on that one. So, do 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 Aliens and Predator fans? I mean, I I like the movies. I never read, I I've read. I think I read one of the Aliens versus Predator comics years ago. But do they consider that kind of stuff canon, or what is? Do you know what they can? Is there anybody out there that's listening that can <laughs> tell me about the? You know, what's considered canon, and now you throw Judge Dredd into it. Right. It's kind of interesting how. I I don't know for sure, and don't quote me on this, but I think there are two. Uh, there are two very similar to Star Wars. There are two types of fandom. Uh, the first one is the only canon is the movie canon, mm-hmm. okay. and then the second one would be um, the comics. What few novels have been out? Because um, kind of, it's it's essentially the EU for Alien. Alien. So, I, like I said, very similar to Star Wars. I know there are people that, if it happened in the movie, that is the canon. Right. You doesn't matter. But then there's other people that say, well, yeah, this matters. So I, like I said, don't take it to the bank. But I'm pretty sure that it's a lot of the same. I would. All, I, I totally agree with you, Travis. And I would say for because um, I don't think Star Wars really experienced this too much that I can think of, uh, if at all. Um, I would almost say for Aliens and Predator fans, there's almost three versions. There's the only movie canon that you mentioned, Travis. There's the people that like the movies plus read the comics and some of the books and everything else and consider that all one universe. But then there's the whole thing like this where you're throwing in completely different characters like Judge Dredd and we've done Batman and Superman. And I don't think anyone even though you might enjoy those stories, I don't think anyone that's a fan of Predator or Aliens considers those types of stories part of the canon at all. I think they just see them as fun stories if they want to read them. So, well, Travis, if you're wrong, I'll 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 be committing some fake outrage. So, <laughs> oh, crap. So clear. Does that mean I if it if I'm wrong, I'll I'll cover the check next time you're in town. <laughs> nice. Um, oh, speaking of which, uh, John, did you want to mention something about uh, spending some time with uh, yeah, one of our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good, good segue. Uh, so, so. Yeah, absolutely. So I was in Atlanta a couple weeks ago for work for the week and uh, had the opportunity to, to meet Brian Lang. And uh, it was great. We had a, a nice visit, a great breakfast at a little local Greek restaurant, and uh, it was awesome. And I have to tell you, I'm amazed with his knowledge of of this show and how much he remembers that I don't. <laughs> and uh, and then he's also a big DC Noise fan, so that was it was really great. I'm t- talking to Brian, hoping he will be able to make it to Baltimore this year and uh, hang out with us because uh, we had, a, like I said, we had a great visit. He's just a good dude, and uh, as I've said before, it's it's great. At least with the travel for work, you know, I do get to go places and see people I know and, and yeah. meet folks, and so that was a, it was a, it was a really good time. Glad we were able to make it work. Very cool, very cool. Yeah, I'm always amazed at like because let's face it, I I listen to these episodes like multiple times just from the editing purposes and everything, um, and I'm always amazed at things people remember that are fans of the show that I don't even remember. 
Uh, because I'm like, yeah, I should, I was there and then I heard it again. <laughs> so I should have, but yeah, it, it's very awesome. And it's very humbling. I will tell you another thing that I got as a, I took as a huge compliment. Um, and I've been meaning to mention this. There was uh, a couple people that had mentioned this recently on Facebook. And, uh, I think Bo Curley possibly was the first one to mention this. Uh, if not, I apologize, whoever was the first one to mention this, but, uh, it was posted that, uh, around the time of our six year anniversary that this show is so ingrained into some, some of our listeners minds that when they were watching, uh, star Wars, the force awakens and the, uh, title, uh, crawl came up with the star Wars theme music, when it got to the point where normally the Transformers song would come in, <laughs> they said it felt uh, weird to not hear the Transformers song. <laughs> you know, I can say something to that as well. I've, I, every time that the theme song plays, like I lip sync, I must look like I'm crazy in the car, <laughs> like singing the GI Joe intro into the Transformers and he meant like, it, I've, it's funny that you do say that because I thought that a while ago as well. And it's just, it is, it's so ingrained. Yeah. And I get, you know, I get very pumped up listening to it. So there's, I feel bad for anybody that, well, I have my windows down that around <laughs> while I'm starting and they look over and they just see a 35 year old man just lip syncing the heck out of the intro to G.I. Joe and Transformers and He Man. I do, honestly, I do the same thing because those songs are obviously such a big part of my life and everything. So when I hear that, and then it's one of the reasons I honestly have not changed the intro music. I know there for like, I think the first year or two, I changed it a couple times. But since then, I have not changed it at all. And it's because it's become such a ingrained part of the show that I would feel bad changing it now. Um, even if it was just to update with different versions of what, you know, cause I did think at one time, don't kill me anyone, but I did think at one time about just updating it with the, you uh, got to get tough. Yo, Joe. And I was like, oh, people would murder me for that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it honestly that was like when I saw a couple people mention that that's like the biggest compliment to me because it just means that they really love listening to the show that much that it's become like ing- at least the theme songs become ingrained into their head. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, and and John, you're right. I think it's awesome uh, to be able to meet people and and obviously you threw it out there and said anyone wants to if you know you know you're going to be in the area or something like that you're happy to meet people. And same thing for me. Like I love it when I get to go out to Baltimore or something like that and meet someone I've never met before that listens to the show or maybe just started listening to the show. Um, so it, it's always fun. So, um, so Travis, did you have anything from dark horse from, uh, for August that you wanted to mention or, uh, no. Okay. Um, well, Kind of an honorary mention. Uh, they're doing a Fight Club 2 library edition hardcover. Um, so they're taking all the Fight Club 2 issues, putting it in an oversized hardcover uh, okay. with some extra content in the back. So yeah. I, I can see why you weren't sure about talking about it because the first rule of Fight Club is... It doesn't even exist. The <laughs> right. solicitation page is blank. <laughs> um. I had a few things from DC I wanted to mention just because we finally got some uh, uh, actual 
you know, um, what what the heck are the summaries of what the issues are going to be about? Um, and I just wanted to read a couple of them because they they kind of stood out to me. So for Justice League Rebirth number one, it says uh, spinning out of the events of DC Rebirth number one, a new day dawns for Earth's greatest heroes as they welcome three new members to the team, including Superman, who is who is this strange visitor from a dead world, and can he be trusted? Batman and Wonder Woman aren't so sure. Um, I found that really interesting because one of the cool things, and we'll talk about DC Rebirth a little later, but one of the things that came out of it was um, the New 52 Superman isn't around or might not really be around. We're not 100% sure yet. Um, And the Superman from before Flashpoint is around. Um, And he's got a kid and he's married to Lois Lane still. And she's from that time period also. So it seems like that Superman is the one that's going to be joining the Justice League. And the Justice League that we're dealing with now is the Justice League from the New 52. So that's kind of why he's a different, you know, he's not someone that they totally trust because it's not the Superman that they knew. And I I thought that was kind of interesting. So Um, the other one that I wanted to read was uh, Hal Jordan and Green Lantern Corps Rebirth, number one, just because as a Green Lantern fan, this just sounded kick-ass because it sounded like the Hal Jordan that I want to read. Uh, it says, in the absence of the Green Lantern Corps, Sinestro and his fear-inducing Yellow Lantern Corps patrol the universe as its sole protectors. But deep in space, a green light still burns. Harnessing the remainder of his will, Hal Jordan must become a one-man Green Lantern Corps to defeat his greatest foe and restore freedom to the cosmos. So that just for me would sent chills for me because I am a huge Green Lantern fan. I'm a huge Hal Jordan fan and I am just looking forward to seeing him have to kick a whole lot of yellow lantern, butt. so, um, and then the only other title I wanted to mention, because again, it, I would say if you, if you read rebirth, you already know that this title is going to be important. Uh, but if not, and you want to see some of the old DC universe creep back into the new 52 universe to become all one big ball of fun. Uh, Titans number one starts in July. And I think Titans rebirth comes out in June and rebirth definitely showed that Titans is going to be a title that plays around with why everyone's forgotten uh, what, what happened uh, where all these years have been lost and everything else. So so I think that's a, a very important title to uh, to check out. Um, Travis, did you have anything else from the main DC universe? Uh, nothing for the main DC universe. Uh, okay. The little kind of a a topic on it in DC is now uh, taking a a page from the Marvel book, which kind of disappoints me and. But uh, all of their big titles are now going to be shipping twice monthly. Mm-hmm. So now your four and five dollar comics are coming out every two weeks. And if you like Batman or Superman or any of the the titles that I'm interested in, that's two books a month now. And that even with discounts and DCB service and those guys, that just adds up quick. But and I will say they're not. Four and five dollar comics. They're two ninety nine. 
Yeah. All of DC's books are only two ninety nine now. So, um, and I don't think they have as many titles out now. Granted, though, I'm sure they're going to add more titles, but they're not going to have as many titles. So at least for right now, I don't mind the double shipping. Wait till you see August and every other page is now shipping twice monthly. Now shipping twice monthly. Because I didn't Just, notice it so much yeah, last month, yeah. but this one, now shipping twice monthly. Now yeah. shipping twice monthly. I go, oh my yeah. gosh. Um, and it just means, unfortunately for me, it just means I'm going to have to be more selective about which DC titles I get. Because uh, at least the titles I think I'm going to enjoy, I don't mind getting them twice monthly because I don't have to wait as long for the next issue. But yeah, you're right. It's one of those things like, Ooh, I want to try that one, but I don't want to get that one twice a month. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, also in July solicitations, we had uh, Flintstones number one appear, uh, which kind of weird about that one because it it just looks like it's the Flintstones, but with like a real world look to them, and I don't know. It's just it seems like an odd one. Like out of all of the. Hanna-Barbera titles that were coming out, that was actually the one that I was least interested in was Flintstones. Uh, even less than Scooby Apocalypse. I know a lot of people did not like the thought of Scooby Apocalypse. I actually thought it was somewhat interesting sounding. Uh, but Flintstones, I was like, eh, no, it looks like the Honeymooners meets the Flintstones is what it looks like to me. But well, that's how the Flintstones came to pass, so that's not true. necessarily true. surprising. <laughs> very true. Very. But but I do think you know I think to your point it, it, it's a very odd artistically it's just a, it's a very odd style you know like yeah. photo I don't want to say photorealistic but it's def well yeah it's just a, it 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 it's like the John Goodman movie almost yeah yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah, John. I about said John Candy. It's not John Candy. John it was, Goodman. It's not John Candy. It was John Goodman. <laughs> yeah. You got it right the first time. <laughs> I second. I had second guessed myself there for a second. And that came out in 2012. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, my. <laughs> yes, it did. That is, that is an inside joke that no one's gonna know. <laughs> but it's you wait, guys. 2012 is gonna be an amazing year. <laughs> or it was one of the two. I don't know. Um, now I have not had a chance to read Scooby Apocalypse number one. I have it. I just haven't read it yet. Travis, did you get a chance to read it yet or I have not read it. Um, and funny story is, uh, even though people were not too keen on it, uh, at least around here, uh, we have five shops, uh, in Dayton Mm -hmm. and all of the shops have sold out of Scooby Apocalypse. They still have some future quests. Um, so when I went to go pick up my books, I was missing a couple of the variants and I went to the other stores to pick them up and it is sold out in all of the stores. Oh, wow. So, uh, I don't know if that's just because our stores didn't order as many, but I never have a problem finding a new book in one out of five stores and none of them had any Scooby apocalypse. I will say my one shop here, uh, told me he did not order very many issues of it, uh, which is why he sold out so quickly. Um, whereas Future Quest, he did order quite a few, and he still sold out of those. Um, uh, and I will say Future Quest, until Rebirth came, I thought for sure Future Quest was going to be my title of the year, um, because it's fantastic. Uh, that Future issue, Quest is really good. Yeah. And it's only the first issue, so... Yeah. I mean, it, there was just... 
they did it so right. They just didn't cram all the characters into one issue. They're like, they're telling a story and the story is really good. And they got the characterizations that everybody done really well. Um, they changed some things, but they changed some things that to a point where it makes sense. Like Birdman, he's, he's, he's different, but he's still Birdman. So, right. Um, John, did you get a chance to check it out at all? Or I haven't. I'm, I'm a bad <laughs> comics reader in that I haven't bought anything in a while. So, okay. you know, I, I, I you know, I'm, I've been late on Micronauts. I'm, I'm late on Future Quest, and which is one I've been pimping because I, I just, I love Doc Shaner and yeah. I think he can do no wrong. And yeah, yeah, I just, uh, well, he did. Yeah. You are late on Rom here in a couple weeks. We are going to have to reevaluate our friendship. <laughs> well, I, I did read the free comic book day, uh, <laughs> zero issue zero and it didn't do anything for me so no. i it didn't do anything for me either so no, i'm scared we'll, uh, so am i gonna shell out 3.99 for something that i read for free the red free one and it i'll tell you and i said it i mentioned it on the forums i believe the artwork in there was confusing in spots yeah and i hate that it should not visual storytelling should not be it, it was just i couldn't figure out what wraith was what and who was doing what and who was a person and Anyway, well, I originally, I originally thought that Sergeant guy was the Wraith because he was acting so weird, and then here, and then I got confused, just like you said, John, where I was like, oh wait, is those the two deputies next to him the Wraiths? I didn't know, like, and then all of a sudden I was like, oh yeah, I guess they are, but why was well, he one, acting it, weird? <laughs> in one shot, I just know in one shot it was like a person was getting eaten or attacked by a Wraith, but then it, the next panel or two, I couldn't figure out was it the same person. Yeah. It was just a mess. And I, But I will say I loved the turnarounds where they had, you know, and, and oh, did, yeah. did the redesign stuff. I thought – I think the the design is great. Yep. I just – I you know, what I read there, I said, would it compel me to pay three ninety nine for a, uh, an issue? And I, I can't say it would. So yeah. Sadly, no. No, I, I agree. It, it was – it wasn't quite a hot mess, but it definitely. But it was a mess. <laughs> it, it, it was a mess. It was. It was not a good outing for. And it looks Rob. like it looks like uh, Nick is actually a, uh, just signed on, so I'm going to try to add him to the group right now. So Nick, welcome to the show. Uh, we we've already covered. Just to let you know, we've already covered uh, the Hail Hydra outrage of Captain America. Um. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, eh, no big deal. I don't. I was gonna say I don't think anything needs to be said more than what you just said right there. <laughs> right. Um. And we're going through previews right now. I have July's previews, and Travis has August's previews. So we're just kind of touching on a few things here and there, and and having some discussion. And then after that, we will go into. Some Civil War talk and DC Rebirth talk and whatever the hell else we want to talk about. So, all right, I'll uh, I'll chime in if I find anything interesting with the previews. Okay, sounds good. Um, so we did just cover talking a little bit about uh, Future Quest and Scooby Doo or Scooby Apocalypse. I will say that if you uh, are one that wants that's a traditionalist when it comes to Scooby, uh, you should definitely pick up the title Scooby Doo Team Up. Um, I know we had some talks about that in a text message the other day, um, right. but it, it is very reminiscent of those old team ups with like Batman and Robin and everything. Um, this one in July's previews and it comes out every other month. So the opposite of what we were just talking about, Travis, where titles coming out twice a month, this one comes out 
every other month. <laughs> so you don't have to commit so much money to, to this title. But this one has uh, Hawkman and Hawkgirl teaming up with the Scooby-Doo group. So uh, kind of interesting there. Um, and I think the only other thing I had from DC that I wanted to mention was uh, actually two things. One is Batman The Golden Age, Volume 1. It's a trade paperback, which goes all the way back to the first appearances of Batman, and it follows it in chronological order. Um, and if you're someone that never got the archives be- editions before and everything, um, getting the trade version, I assume they're going to keep going with it. Uh, is good. And then the last thing I wanted to mention from DC was the Justice League Volume 8, The Dark Side War Hardcover Part 2. Um, this story, I'm put, I put it out on Facebook. The Dark Side War is in my top five favorite Justice League stories. Someone moving furniture? What's going on? Yeah, I was. Popping <laughs> <laughs> up my feet. <laughs> but uh, The Dark Side War uh, is in my top five favorite Justice League stories it's it was phenomenal i'm not going to get these hard covers because i'm kind of hoping maybe later on they'll do an absolute edition so um but i highly recommend it if you didn't get a, a chance to read it in the issues yeah, uh, i'm behind on my justice league i just might pick up the hardcover yeah they're nice i mean they're the, the hardcovers are nice and you can't beat Faybox art in the dark side war and the story was awesome. It ended really well. And the story leads right into rebirth. So, um, so that's another good reason to pick it up. Uh, Travis, did you have anything from DC when it came else from DC when it came to, uh, August, um, trades or otherwise, I, I was looking at that. There's nothing really that's, that stood out to me that, uh, you know, I'm, there's, they go into a couple, uh, a couple of the new, uh, I guess the the new rebirth titles. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow is ending at issue six, which has the last part of the Firestorm story uh, written by the Jerry Conway, the creator. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, now that that is ending, um, we will see a monthly Firestorm title within the next three months. Please, please, please. I know somebody from DC is listening. Um, that's about it. Yeah, I will say that Legends of Tomorrow book, Legends of Tomorrow book, has been really good. I've actually liked all four stories that they have in there, so um, I don't think there's really a bad one in the bunch. So, um, all right. So going into IDW, um, July. We were just talking about it, but July is when ROM number one comes out, and we were just talking about how. Uh, the free comic book day issue didn't thrill us too much, but I'm willing to give it a chance because it's ROM. And uh, uh, I, to your point, John, earlier, I do like the redesign of ROM. It's just subtle changes, but I think it works really well. Um, but, but we'll see. I'm hoping that free comic book day issue was not a indicative of what we're going to see in the series itself. So. Um, and I know we were just talking about Micronauts. Uh, John, I know you said you didn't read it yet. Travis, have you read Micronauts? No, I'm a bad Micronauts fan as well. I have not read Nick, Micronauts. Nick, did you check it out at all? Or it, It's a foreign subject to me, that and ROM. Okay. I, mean, I, I, did get the, I did get the free comic book day for, for ROM, but I haven't read it yet. Okay. 
Um, yeah, Micronauts, uh, I'm liking the characters. I'm really, it's a fun story so far. I've read the first two issues. It's a really fun story, which I'm happy about because that's what the original Micronaut series was. It was just a fun adventure story. Um, the characters have seemed to have some good chemistry with each other, uh, and everything. Uh, the only thing I'm disappointed about right now is second issue in, and we're, there's still no glimmer of them appearing on Earth at all. I feel like they're going to, and from the solicitation here for July, it's issue number four, and it seems like they're still not going to be on Earth, uh, which is disappointing because it's kind of defeating the purpose of them being Micronauts, being small, because right now they're full size in their universe. Um and the covers, some of the covers have shown that, like, issue number two had a dog and the Micronauts climbing on a table. And the dogs, of course, looks giant and everything else. And they look really small on the table. But none of that happens in the issue. They're not on Earth yet. They're still in their microverse. And um, so that's the only thing I'm getting kind of annoyed with because I'm like, can we get to the part where they're small compared to everybody and everything? But. Maybe the first trade they never get out of the microverse. That's what I'm thinking. Like, it might be the last thing in the last issue of the story arc or something like that. So, but to Travis's point earlier, you know, back in the day, the original Micronaut series, we were on Earth in the second issue. <laughs> so, I know we talked about it once. Yeah. Twice. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, there's also a new Transformers title. Uh, I don't know if people knew this or not, but it actually starts in June, uh, and that's Transformers Till All Are One, and this focuses on um, uh, Windblade, uh, which is the female Transformer, and uh, and it's it's following her her story on Cybertron and everything else. So uh, I've liked the miniseries with her, so I'm inter- I'm definitely interested in this title. Uh, Travis, anything that you wanted to mention from IDW in particular? I have a couple uh, more things, but I want to give you a chance to jump in. Two things. Uh, one, for July, a certain co-host has a variant cover of yes. Rom, Snake Eyes, and Storm Shadow uh, for G.I. Joe Real American. Uh, it's a, just a standard one-to-one ratio, so yep. go out, support uh, Robert and Rom. You, you can't go wrong with supporting Robert and Rom. <laughs> um, and in the August previews, uh, a lot of everything you've already covered book-wise, because it's IDW tends to be the Star Joe's publisher of choice. Right. right. <laughs> but there is uh, an announcement for a new artist edition, the first of two artist edition, uh, Chris Somney's Daredevil. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. This, this first one includes issues 23 through 27, um, and they're going to um, – it says in the solicitations they are going to do um, the second book, and it's – hold on. Uh, the second book will be a horizontal soft cover printing Mark Wade scripts as well. So Yeah. Nice. Um so that uh, I know there are a lot of art collectors, a lot of uh, people that collect original arts commissions. Um, I've got one artist edition, and this one is just screaming by me right now. Yeah. And, and <laughs> Somni does not sell his original artwork. No, he I've does not. I've only ever seen one page ever. It was from the Thor uh, Thor book he did 
with Roger Langridge. So he, I've, I've heard he's going to hold on to it and sell it all for his kids' college education. Hopefully he continues on a path where he'll win more awards and be able to do that. Yeah. But uh, he is a craftsman. And, uh, yeah, that is really – that's a great get for uh, for IDW in terms of being able to publish that. That's a, That'll be a, yeah. that'll be a really good one. That's awesome. And I think well, August, August is also when the G.I. Joe Artist Edition comes out, is it not? I believe so. I think it is. I think, I think it might. I think it does. Yeah. This is another one of those advanced solicitations right. to where sure. even though uh, it's probably going to come out later than August – yeah. Um, there is also, to my knowledge, uh, for the first time in an artist edition, uh, they are putting it in a slip case to where you will be able to put both editions in a slip case. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. But the preview pages look beautiful, and I'm interested in that. Um, there is also one book. I'm way behind on my Turtles reading, so maybe somebody can fill fill us in but there is teenage mutant ninja turtles universe number one yeah so i don't know if that um i know some things have happened in the comic universe but i don't know if this is just side stories of the uh the the secondary characters but uh, there's a new number one issue for turtles that is actually exactly what it's supposed to be um, is because uh, I remember reading about uh, some articles when they announced that it was going to be coming out, and from what I understand from those articles was that this title was going to be about other characters besides the turtles. So, um, like the turtles might appear in these stories, but the focus is it's kind of like uh, Tales of the TMNT that they did, where a lot of those okay. stories dealt with other characters besides just the turtles. Um, but this one is completely about other characters besides the turtles. So the tales of the TMNT occasionally still had turtle stories in it and everything else. So, um, I did want to mention also, you, you did, uh, beat me with the Robert Atkins cover for issue. That's going to actually be in for issue, uh, two thirty. Uh, but there's also going to be in July, a, uh, volume 18 of the, collected editions, trade paperbacks. This will cover issues 176 through 185 of A Real American Hero, which, of course, is drawn by our other co-host, uh, Mr. Gallant, there. So um, that's definitely worth picking up. And going back to the Turtles, I found this really interesting. Uh, it seems like this is going to, from the title itself, it seems like it's going to be a, a series of books that are going to come out. But there's going to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Kevin Eastman Notebook series, and this one's going to be all about Raphael. Um, so it's um, script notes and sketches and page roughs and even alternate pages that Kevin Eastman has held on to all these years are going to be put together in one uh, book. It's going to be a hardcover book, uh, and this one's focused on Raphael. So I assume all the turtles will have it, uh, one, and then we might even see some other characters later on. But I found that really interesting. So, um, Ryan, you said that uh, you said that the G- the Joe uh, trade that's coming out. What were the issues again? It was uh, one seventy six, I believe. Let me just double check. One eighty five, I think you said. I believe so. Yeah. And you, you gloss over the fact that 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 that, that so that issue includes issue 180, uh, the appearance of a bunch of us in uh, San Diego Comic Con. Ah, uh, yes, that is true. So, that is true. I, yeah, 
did not mean to gloss over that. And it was a long time ago. Hard that, to believe now, but, you know. That was before uh, Shannon knew what Chuck and I looked like, and uh, he made one of us a black man and one of us an old man. <laughs> <laughs> but he did put the Star Joe's logo, or at least the name Star Joe's, in two different places in that issue. So if you get the trade... Look for Star Joe's in the whole convention place, and to your point, John, you and your son both appear in the issue as well. So yes, we do. Yeah, so very awesome. Maybe we'll um, buy that and get autographs from everybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think did Chuck didn't Chuck I, sign something for? I I have signed several over the years, yeah. which is kind of funny. Uh, but yes, uh, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Um, I also want to mention for July, uh, there's a trade for all the Deviations titles, uh, which I thought the Ghostbusters one was okay. The Transformers one was really good. I thought the G.I. Joe one was a piece of crap. Um, (laughs) The Turtles one I have, I have not read it yet. And the X-Files one I did not get. I actually wanted to get it, and my store sold out of it. So um, that was actually one I was very interested in seeing because they were having Mulder being the one abducted instead of his sister and wanted to see how that someone would write that played out. Um, I would be remiss if I did not mention this. I did text uh, people about, I think I texted John, you and Shannon Robert. And I also definitely texted Chuck and Nick and Travis about this when it uh, was announced that it was coming out. But in July is the solicitation for gem and the holograms, the outrageous edition oversized hardcover. (laughs) The whole reason I even had to mention it. Number one is because of all of Robert's jokes about there being the leather-bound, supersized hardcover edition collection. Um, they are doing a hardcover edition collection, but this one actually looks like a trapper keeper from the outside, which I thought was hilarious. Oh yeah, that that is. I, I remember you saying that is that's co- that's cool. And if anyone's wondering, yes, I did order it. So, <laughs> so so it, what is it? So it's a trade of the first. It's the trade of the twelve. I think it's the first twelve ish. Uh, first ten issues. Okay. Um, so, uh, and it also includes the annual, the holiday special, and the Valentine special in it. So it's actually thirteen issues in there. So it's a special, yes, Trapper Keeper edition. Right. It's the outrageous edition, oversized hardcover. <laughs> Does it have a piece of paper and it says, "Will you go with me?" Yes or no? Or <laughs> no? Anything? Okay. It does not. I hope when you open it up, it's got that little plastic webbing on the. I would love side that. cover. That would be fantastic. <laughs> Um, on a completely flip side of that, um, did you guys see that Tales from the Dark Side is coming back uh, as a comic? And uh, it's going to be written by Joe Hill, which I actually thought was really interesting. So, uh, so, so IDW is going to be doing some Star Wars uh, comics now? Uh, IDW is going to be doing some... Oh, Dark Side? No, different Dark Side. Tales from the Dark Side, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a second, but I'm there with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, now that you mention it, they're bringing out there. It's going to be a DC book. So. <laughs> it's from Dark Side. Uh, but no, I, it took me a second to catch what you were saying there, but okay. <laughs> no, this is horror. Um, but no, uh, for those that don't know, Joe Hill is the son of Stephen King, and he has written some uh, some interesting stuff. So. Uh, he wrote uh, Lock and Key, which uh, is a pretty cool, creepy horror-style story. So I'm looking forward to see what he does with uh, just telling different creepy tales and everything. 
Um, and then, Travis, to your point about the artist editions, did you guys see that, at least for the July solicitations, uh, and I'm going to butcher his name because I'm never sure on how to pronounce it, Bill Sinkevich, is that right? Yes, that's right. Yes, okay. Sinkevich. The Marvel Artist Select Series, it's a bunch of his New Mutants work. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, um, so I wanted to mention that. And is that, that, is that is that an actual or is that an artist edition or a folio? Uh, I believe like, this is a. It's called a select series. Okay, so it, that's one that's not a. It's not the big right hundred page type thing. It's probably like a twenty pager or something like that, right? Yeah, like it, the little the thin ones, or because I know some of them coming in what looks like an envelope or things yeah. like that. Yeah, and it says each of this. Uh, 999 copy limited edition hardcover is slipcased, hand numbered, and signed. Wow! So, let's get ready to pay. Yeah, it, it does say uh, please inquire. So, <laughs> oh, that's a good price. <laughs> um, sp- speaking of artist type things, uh, I am a big fan of the. Uh, I'm actually well, actually I'm already jumped into image. Uh, Travis, do you have anything else for IDW? Before we go nope. into image? Okay. That's got nothing. Okay. Um, for image, I, uh, I'm i a big fan of Outcast, the comic by Kirkman. Uh, it deals with demon possession. Andre and Big Boy are awesome. Hey, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Wrong Outcast. Like a Polaroid picture? No. Yeah, shake it, shake it. No, different Outcast. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> um, they spell theirs with a K, don't they? They do. Okay, this is spelled with a C. We're good. Maybe maybe we can ask Miss Jackson. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Um, but no, it's a it's a really creepy. Like if you liked, um, uh, was it? Uh, God, it's blank. Uh, Exorcist, or uh, the is it the Exorcism of Emily Rose? Is an, uh, another one. If you like those movies, you'll probably like Outcast. And in fact, it just became a Cinemax series. The first episode was available for free online, and I watched it, and it's creepy. It's awesome. Uh, I really liked it. I don't know if have any of you – did you, any of you guys get to see it? I know I posted it on the Star Joe's page and stuff. So I have not. Not my thing. Okay. Um, but I did want to mention they are going to have uh, – Image is going to have a giant, uh, giant-sized artist proof edition of issue number one. Uh I'm not interested in it because of the price. It's like 20 bucks for an artist proof edition of just the first issue. Seems pretty steep price for just one issue. But uh, uh, I am, like I said, I recommend checking out the series itself. So, um, so when they call something an artist proof, it's just pencils. What what does that mean? So it says uh, the giant size artist proof series continues presenting special artistic achievements in their raw form in an oversized eleven by seventeen format. Um, so it seems like it's just the pencil work, and I, I think it's a little bigger than a comic because I got um, when we went to Baltimore, I got All Out War all Artist Edition. Yeah. For Walking Dead, and it's just a little bigger, and it's just like pencils. Yeah, yeah. No Who's the artist on that book? The artist on uh, this. Well, the artist on this one is Paul Azaceta. Yeah. Oh yeah, Azaceta. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's great. And his art works so well for this title too. But um, like I said, for the the price of twenty bucks, it's I'm I'm fine with just continuing in the series. So. Um, 
Maybe you can find it at Baltimore. Probably. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, the only other thing I had for Image uh, is I Hate Fairyland. Uh, number seven comes out, and the reason I mention it is because the trade for the first six issues comes out, I believe, in June. Um, this is Scotty Young. I love Scotty Young's art, and it's also his storytelling. It is completely uh, irreverent towards fairy tale stories because I think I may have mentioned on the show before, it's a little girl gets brought to fairyland, and all she has to do is find the key that lets her get back home, and she has a little Jiminy Cricket character with her. It's this fly named Larry, uh, and she doesn't follow the rules, so she's stuck in Fairyland for the last 35 years, and she doesn't grow up. She still stays a little girl, but her mind is that of a 35-year-old woman, and so she does a lot of drinking. She does a lot of killing. Um, she just, she's sick and tired of being there. Uh, but she has fun while she's there because she just slaughters everybody and everything. And every episode or every issue opens with a storyteller, uh, starting to continue the story and get that storyteller always gets killed. So it's always interesting to see how that character gets killed. Uh, Ryan, you would be happy to know. I actually read the first three issues of that book. What'd you think? I thought it was funny. Yeah, I, it, was it something I would continue because it's not my thing? Probably not. But yeah. I, I, you know, Scotty Young is a is a, has a unique voice and his his art is very entertaining. Yeah, it was fun. I, I have to say, I, I you know, would it be something I'd read for continue reading? Probably not. I I, I tell you one of the funniest things I, I liked all the back covers. Oh yeah, just the little silly things on the back. But yeah. uh, but anyhow, yeah, I did. I after you talked about it, I happened to pick the first few up. And, nice. Uh, I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad you liked it. Um, Larry cracks me up. He's this little fly, and he's just he he's tired of being with her, so he's just sarcastic as hell about everything she's doing. <laughs> so, um, so like I said, the 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 first trade comes out in uh, June, and then the continuation of the story uh, starts in July. So, uh, Travis, did you have anything else from Image? Uh, no. Okay. Just read Savage Dragon. That's a good book. Okay. <laughs> uh, wanted to going into some of the other stuff. I'll save Marvel for the end. Um, but going to some of the other things that are in the book and the rest of the areas. Uh, American Mythology has the Pink Panther. What did you did you guys get to read uh, Shannon's Pink Panther and Free Comic Book Day? I did. I enjoyed I, it thoroughly. I, I saw it months ago. So. Okay. <laughs> but I will say, and I actually talked to Mr. Gallant this afternoon uh, before we were recording. I told him, I said, I went to three different shops in Richmond to get a hard copy of it, and none of them had it. Oh, wow. They, all, they gave them all away. So I don't know. Uh, you know, he, In his mind, it just means they didn't order many. But uh, I, I, you know, the people I know, well, I had heard – I'd heard about it. He, I'd seen it from him. Somebody else had told me about it before and had seen it and said it was such a scream. I, I it was really, really well done, and yeah. and I'm hoping that I'm hoping Shannon gets more opportunity to write more, which is yeah. something he's interested in doing with those characters because he has such a, a love for them, and so uh, that's you know continues to yeah. be out there. Nick, did you get a chance to read it or look through it or anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I I did enjoy it. Yeah. I I think it's something I would probably pick up. Here and there. Yeah. The thing I liked that he did was, it, and it reminded me, we talked about it uh, a while back when it came to the uh, uh, him creating it and everything else, was 
it reminded me a lot of the cartoon, the Pink Panther that I watched growing up because the Pink Panther didn't talk, but you'd see those balloons and you had to kind of piece together what it all meant. Like the one that cracked me up the most was figuring out that he, uh, the one character was saying, uh, I think, well, I think it was Pink Panther saying that he's a big fan and it was like a tree and a little stick figure. And then there was this giant fan. And I was like, I liked (laughs) that, that I had to think about it for a second to figure out what he was saying. Um, so, um, John, do you still need an issue of it? No. Okay. Because no. no, I, I, he's got well. Okay. I was going to say because I, I do have a listener that reached out to me, and I'm sending him a copy of it, and I think I'm going to have one more extra copy of it. So if someone really tried to find it and couldn't find a copy of it, reach out to me and let me know because I, yeah. I think I'll have two copies of it. And, and look for Shannon at shows because he's supposed to get some comps of it too. So nice, nice. Um, but yeah, issue number. four three of the series from American mythology is, is uh, solicited for July. So uh, to your point, John, I hope that we get to see Shannon's name on there again soon, because I enjoyed his story the most out of it. And that's not just being nice towards him. I actually really did enjoy his the most. So, cause there was actually, I think three stories in there. There was the ant and Ard- aardvark. There was Shannon's story. And then there was like a class. Yeah. I think the last one was a reprint. Yeah. Right. The, the other one. Yeah. So, um, and then Archie Comics, uh, Betty and Veronica are getting their own title. They're they're doing uh, the same thing with them that they did for Archie and Jughead, where it's more modern take on these characters. Um, and Isn't they're written by your Adam Hughes drawing it. Yeah, <laughs> I know Hughes has got some of yeah. the art, but I think he's writing he's it as well. He's writing it too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm iffy on that one now. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> But uh, I'm going to give it a try. I gave the Archie one a try, and I really liked it. And I gave Jughead a try, and I really liked it. But it's, I stopped getting Jughead, but I still am getting Archie and really like it. So I'll give this one a try. Um, I'm just not sure. There's like 20 covers or something here. I'm not sure which one I'm going to get or if I'll get a couple of them. But um, it's definitely worth and checking out. Is, it, is this the first thing he's written? I don't remember. I've never... I don't remember ever hearing about him writing anything. I am I, not sure. I'd say he has it. I just like four, and I'm ashamed that I know this, but I <laughs> okay. have an autographed copy. He wrote for Penthouse Comics back in the day. Oh, that's oh, true. Yeah, okay. I forgot he wrote. I mean, I knew he. Yeah, I didn't know he'd written for them, but I knew he drew stuff back in the like day. I said, I'm, well, that's I'm, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> not too surprising either, though. <laughs> it was. Uh, I mean, it, for even though it was Penthouse Comics, that was actually. That was a really good underground comic, even though it was very mainstream. But uh, Hughes did uh, write uh, for Penthouse Comics, allegedly. I I don't know for sure. Right, right. Um, A couple things from Boom. Uh, Kong of Skull Island, number one. It's a six-issue miniseries. Uh, I know there's a new King Kong movie that's supposed to be made and come out. So um, that looked interesting. Uh, I don't know... They show some of the pencil work, so I'm assuming that of the care of like Kong himself and uh, like a person there. I'm assuming that that's the pencil work we would see inside the issue, or at least I'm hoping so because it looks really good. Um, and then the only other thing from Boom I wanted to mention was Jim Henson's The Storytellers uh, Dragons hardcover. So it collects the miniseries in a nice hardcover. Um, I actually really like this one, the Witches one that they did, the Storytellers Witches. 
I stopped getting because I read the first two issues and I couldn't even finish getting the miniseries because I didn't like it at all. The Dragons one really liked it. Uh, each issue is a different story, uh, and the stories are actually really good. So, um, uh, Travis, did you want to jump in with anything? I've got uh, three things in the back of previews. Okay. Um, the first one is the Don Rosa Library, Volume 5, The Richest Duck in the World from Fantagraphics. Nice. Uh, it's the fifth, uh, obviously, fifth volume of Don Rosa's work on uh, Uncle Scrooge. Um, volume 4 ended at issue 219, which was halfway through the uh, life and times of Scrooge McDuck. So I'm assuming Volume 5 will uh, at least finish... Uh, the Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck. Um, if you haven't read any of that, uh, also in this in the August previews, they've got solicitations for the first five volumes, uh, first four volumes and number five. Pick it up. Don Rosa, I know uh, John and Ryan both know my love for Don Rosa. Uh, it's a great book, uh, especially The Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck. I consider it uh, one of the best comic stories of all time. Not just a, a Disney story, but it's really, really involved and, and detailed, and his artwork is amazing. So nice. uh, go grab that. I do want to mention one. I want to jump in with one thing here because it's related to ducks there, especially the Disney ducks. Um, Joe Books has uh, the uh, license for doing Darkwing Duck comics. Uh, issue number four is solicited for July. I've read the first issue. The second issue has already come out. A lot of people, when I posted my review of the first issue, were not aware that uh, Darkwing Duck had new comics out. So that's why I want to make sure I mention it. Uh, it's by a company called Joe Books. So, you know. Yo, Joe. Yo, Joe. Um, they're really good. Like, if you liked Boom doing Darkwing Duck and you liked the cartoon, you'll like this because the art is just like the uh, the Boom team. The writer is just like the Boom team. In fact, might as well just say it, the whole creative team is the team from the it, Boom comics. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, isn't it Silviani and he drawing it? Uh, it is, yes. It is Silvani and uh, Aaron Sparrow is the writer. So it is the Boom creative team. It, I mean, it's just perfect. It's it's done so, so well. And uh, I read the in the back of the first issue, they... Uh, Sparrow talks about how it was so great to be able to come back and tell more stories of these characters. So, um, uh, so it's perfect for that. Um, Travis, what else did you have? Uh, from Viz Media, oddly enough, another Volume 5, Ultraman Volume 5. Uh, I'm not very big into manga at all, but this new Ultraman series has been very good, very entertaining, uh, very Sentai, very just... Uh, they know what they're doing. It's a costumed superhero that beats up big uh, monsters. Um, so if you like that sort of thing, check that out. Uh, I've really been enjoying it. It's a modernization, uh, so it's really good. And then the last thing, it is a featured item in the toys, statues, and models, uh, the Ultimate Voltron EX action figure set. Nice. For a whopping four hundred dollars, <laughs> <laughs> you can get a diecast eighteen-inch uh, Voltron action figure. It looks amazing. 
I want it really bad. God, I would hope so. <laughs> I, yeah, but $400. This one's for you, Sam. Good thing that uh, I'm sure this will go really well with getting married soon. So <laughs> Just tell just tell the wife you want it as your wedding present. So <laughs> Exactly. It looks amazing. Uh, it would be definitely one of those centerpieces of anybody's collection. So uh, any of the big robot fans, Transformers, Voltron. Uh, I, I will say – this is just working out perfectly because the next thing I was going to talk about uh, was uh, Lion Forge has a new Voltron comic coming yes, out they in, do. Ju- in July. So uh, I am more than ecstatic that it is no longer with Dynamite because <laughs> they just, I'm sorry, but they just didn't know what to do with the property. Um, this one is going to be based on the new uh, cartoon that starts in June. So it has that same type of look and everything else, so it's not Voltron of, of old, but it has those characters. Uh, you know, there is, uh, you know, Pidge and Hunk and, you know, all of them, or Keith and everybody. Um, so this comic is, you know, it's new stories. It's not just, it seems, from what I can tell here, it's not just... Um, a rehash of what we're going to see in the cartoon or anything like that. So uh, Lion Forge is really big on 80s properties, and I'm so happy to see that they did the uh, Star uh, Star Sheriff and the Saber Riders, or Saber Rider and the Star Sheriffs. Um, they also have, uh, they did the Mad Balls comic, which I didn't even imagine that ever being a comic again. Um, I have not read the first issue of that yet, just I picked it up because it's an 80s property. It seems weird, but I'll check it out. Um, they are also the ones that did Miami Vice, the re- Miami Vice remix, which in July you can actually get the trade for. And they also have Saved by the Bell, Volume 1, Freshman Year graphic. <sighs> so, <laughs> yep. You got they me. Knight Rider? They did do Knight Rider, yes. Uh, they're the ones that had Knight Rider, so... Um, so like I said, they're big on the 80s properties. I would love to see them grab some of the other lesser-known ones like Inhumanoids and stuff like that. I think that would be really cool. So uh, Sectars maybe. Um, uh, and you were mentioning also with the uh, the diecast, uh, Travis. I just wanted to mention also related to the show, uh, Disney Store recently had diecast uh, R2-D2 and C-3PO that came out. I did get them, and the R2-D2 is the only one I've opened so far. Holy crap, it's amazing. I mean, to have a, a full die cast, like, it's bigger scale than the 6-inch uh, Black Series R2-D2. Um, it's, like, maybe half an inch taller than that one, uh, but it's all metal, and it's awesome. So probably one of the, probably the best small-scale R2-D2, smaller-scale R2-D2 that I've ever seen, so... Um, let's see in the back of the book, uh, a couple other things I had left were, uh, the only living boy volume two. Uh, I had mentioned this being a web comic that I really enjoyed. Uh, so you can read it for free online. If you look for the only living boy, uh, it is, uh, written by David, uh, Gallagher and who has done some work for DC and everything, uh, in recent times and artist is Steve Ellis. Uh, it's just a really good story if you're someone that likes uh, Labyrinth story, you know the, the movie The Labyrinth, uh, or any of those stories where a character, you know, never-ending story stuff like that, where the character finds himself in a different world uh, all of a sudden and 
has to make has to survive and everything uh and help everyone that's what this story is like uh i did get volume one really loved it i was reading it online for a while but then once i knew they were going to start coming out with the collected editions i waited and volume two is actually offered for july um and then uh <laughs> wanted to mention this too for july is evil dead 2 revenge of dracula uh, so they've been having a lot of these like uh, Ash versus things. So they've had Evil Dead versus Hitler uh, was an issue I picked up. So this looks like it's another fun one where we have Ash going up against Dracula. So thought that would be fun. Uh, Doctor Who fans, uh, which I am one, uh, that Titan Comics is going to have Torchwood starting with a number one in July. So if you're a Doctor Who fan, you probably read Torchwood, so you want to check out the comic. Um, Titan Comics also has the best of Star Wars Insider Volume 3. I have already have received Volume 1, which is great because they, they did really pick out the best stuff. They've, they picked out a lot of the interviews that are kind of timeless interviews where it's like interviews with Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford, stuff like that, uh, or just information, uh, a lot of detailed information about and behind the scenes stuff. Um, the one thing I wish that they would do, and I know I've mentioned this in an earlier episode, I wish they would also pull some of the short stories uh, or even comics. I think they did some comic stories in, in the insider issues as well. I'd love to see them pull those out, but so far it looks like that's not the case. It's mostly just the interviews and behind the scenes stuff. So um, I had just a couple other things for July aftermath life death life debt which is uh the continuation of the aftermath book which i thought was a good story but it was a tough read like i could understand what was happening and i thought it was a good story but it it was written like a twitter account because it was a lot of incomplete sentences um uh and then there's also the world according to star wars hardcover book uh which is just uh says there's Santa Claus, Shakespeare, Mickey Mouse, the Bible, and then there's Star Wars. You've already got me sold there. So, um, and then uh, I also wanted to mention uh, the last item I wanted to mention out of the main previews book is uh, the Ghostbusters. They finally announced uh, Diamond Select has finally announced the rest of the seven inch series, which when you collect all of them makes the rooftop scene uh diorama which so far i've got the first six figures uh the next wave is going to actually have uh slimer and janine and then end of shift ray so basically it's ray with his uh, shirt open and he's got stuff all over him and everything um series four will have slimed peter gozer and walter peck and then series five will have the library ghost the terror dog and the taxi ghost, which I personally would rather have two terror dogs, like have them come in separate boxes, just need different pieces, make them maybe make one a little different than the other one. Um, then to see like the taxi ghost or the library ghost, just because neither one of them were in the rooftop scene, but um, I'll probably end up buying two of the terror dogs just to have both have two of them. Um, and that's all I had. Yeah. What they should have made was uh, 
Ray with a nocturnal emissions with a ghost <laughs> doing a BJ. I really don't need that. I don't need that, that figure. I'm good without that figure. <laughs> Floating bed Ray. I mean, if you want to make a figure of the ghost, sure. I don't need one of, of Ray with what, uh, not what one of Ray, Ray with his pants undone and everything. No, I'm good. <laughs> you wouldn't see anything. The ghost mouth would be over it unless they made it uh, right. see-through. <laughs> um, Travis, you got uh, Marvel there? Um, oh. Actually, no, I don't. I okay. left Marvel upstairs. Um, I don't think there was – the August Marvels was a lot of – Civil War tie-in, gotcha. Civil War uh, spinoffs, um, so okay. and posters. So, so nothing really out of the ordinary in this. No, uh, no really good trades other than they're re uh, resoliciting a lot of the okay. Epic collections. So, if you missed any of the Epic collections, uh, there's a good chance that it has been resolicited in That's this cool. new one. So. Um, I just have I I had nothing from the main uh, Marvel stuff. I just had some of the Star Wars stuff to mention, and then a, a couple trades that I noticed. So the Star Wars The Force Awakens movie adaptation actually starts in June. Issue two is in July. Um, I found that interesting that they were actually putting out the movie adaptation well after the movies already have been out. So. Um, Maybe there'll be some new. I think isn't there supposed to be a, like a little bit of new information in the actual comic issues though, that wasn't in the movie or. I think so. Uh, don't tell Shannon that. <laughs> but to that, isn't this the first movie adaptation that Marvel has put out in probably yeah. twenty years? Remember yeah. when that was a thing when Marvel would have a, a yeah, movie solicit. Like you would wait for the the comic solic- or not solicitation the comic adaptation of you know of your favorite movie and I I'm getting it just for yeah. a nostalgia yeah uh, factor but that, I, I that remember was a th- having uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of or the Raiders of the yeah. Lost Ark miniseries yeah. four issues yeah. Um, the I also wanted to mention Star Wars number 21 because it sounded really interesting to me. Uh, it's the start of a new story. It's called The Last Flight of the Harbinger. Um, it's got... Is it a silent issue? It is not. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Dang it. There's words. It's, ri- it's written by Jason Aaron and it's drawn by Jorge um, Molina. And it says, go inside the minds of an elite group of Imperial soldiers. So it really focuses on the, the stormtroopers and stuff. So... I love stories like that. That was one of my favorite things about the Clone Wars uh, animated series when they would do a whole episode on the troops, uh, on the different clone troopers. So um, so I'm very interested in, in the start of this story. Um, we're, of course, going to be getting the Han Solo miniseries starting in uh, June, and issue two is solicited for July. Uh, I saw preview pages of that. The artwork on that looks amazing. Uh, it's, it's art by Mark Brooks, who has done some of the variant covers for Star Wars. Um, I'm sad to hear that Darth Vader's ending with number 25, um, which won't be till September, I believe. But that's been my favorite Star Wars title out of all of them. And so I'm a little sad to see that go. Um, and then there's a couple hardcovers for Star Wars. Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones hardcover, which is a reprint of uh, the... Dark Horse movie adaptations. 
which were actually, uh, if you didn't like the movie, you might like the comic better. <laughs> um, and then there's a hardcover edition of the Journey to Star Wars: The Force Awakens: Shattered Empire, which collects that miniseries, uh, which was pretty good. Uh, I didn't care for the last issue of it, but uh, the first three issues I thought were really good. Um, and then, yeah, the ending was kind of weak. Yeah, I thought the ending was weak. Uh, I've had a lot of people disagree with me on that, but I'm, I'm glad to hear I'm not the only one that thought that. So they want to go grow a tree. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was, it was weird. Um, and then if you're someone that's been kind of waiting for, on getting the mini series of Princess Leia, Lando and Chewbacca, uh, you can actually get a hardcover that has all three of those mini series in one collection. Uh, it's called star Wars heroes for a new hope. Uh, it's a hardcover that has all three of those mini series in it. Uh, the Lando one and the princess Leia one were really good. The Chewbacca one was hit or miss issue to issue for me. So, um, and then the only other trades from Marvel I wanted to mention, one is Spidey volume one. It's called first day. It's a trade paperback. If you're someone like our, our, uh, frozen in carbonite co-host Chuck, who only likes his Spider-Man in high school. Oh, he's stuck in the past. Yes. <laughs> he likes him in high school. He only likes Peter one way. Right. <laughs> young boy. Right, as a young boy, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, then you should be reading the series called Spidey, because that's exactly what you're getting. You're getting brand new stories, but it's Peter Parker. Uh, you don't have to worry about any other continuity. Uh, they're actually really good, but uh, but yeah, if you're someone who's like, I don't want my Peter Parker as an adult, uh, I like him as a teenage boy just starting off in his career, then Spidey is the title for you. So, um, Also wanted to mention Guardians of the Galaxy Classic Volume 1. It's in the year 3000. It actually picks up where some of the past trades were. I think it's really confusing that they're calling this Volume 1 because it picks up with Guardians of the Galaxy number 30 through 39. Because there have been previous trades that that took you from issues one through thirty, so it's weird that they call this volume one. So, and the last trade I wanted to mention was uh, Mockingbird, Bobby Morse, Agent of Shield trade paperback, uh, because I have really enjoyed the Mockingbird series way more than I thought I was going to. I always saw Mockingbird as kind of like the blonde Black Widow. And she's actually a lot more than that. She's got some psychic abilities, which I actually was didn't know about. And then when I read some other early appearances of her, found out that that has always been a part of her character. Well, this trade actually collects all of those early appearances of her. Uh, so it goes all the way back to Astonishing Tales number 10. And uh, I'll definitely be getting this, this trade. It, it's all of her early stories of how she became Mockingbird and all that type of stuff. So that's all I had for previews, which was a lot. But um, So you guys want to talk some Civil War? Yes. Yes. The South will rise. <laughs> Different Civil War. <laughs> oh, crap. I'll see you guys. No. <laughs> so we've all seen Captain America Civil War. Um, John, why don't you go ahead and give your thoughts first, because I think yours is the only thoughts I don't know in advance so oh um i i really enjoyed it uh it felt more like an avengers movie than it did cap but that was okay i thought they did a tremendous job of giving everybody time in the sun 
Um, Ant Man stole the movie for me. Yeah, his his big reveal was just bananas. I, and the thing that sucks is Lego ruined it for me. Yeah, I knew it was coming, but I I made a noise when it happened. Nobody else in the audience seemed to know what was going on. I lost my mind. I, I like the new Spider Man a lot. Yeah. I like that they've kind of integrated the tech, and and I think it just it fits. You know, he he's a kid, but you know he's getting help from Stark, and uh, I I just it was it was. Such a relief after seeing Ultron, which I just didn't like at all. I just didn't like it. It was boring, long fight scenes made me tired. So I, I was, I just was not real excited. You John know was I mean? falling but asleep I, in the movie theater. But, but no, I will say this, and, it, and it's, it's, it's kind of funny. You know, the Russo brothers, they, they, they got their start on Arrested Development and Community. Yeah. And and as a fan, a passionate fan of both of those shows, they. I read or heard somebody say, you know, they they understand how to tell a story with all these characters because that's what they did on those shows, and it's absolutely true. Yeah, you had so many subplots and points and things that go back to each other. If they learned it doing sitcoms, more power to them because they they did they did a tremendous job. It was I I just really enjoyed it. It was fun, and again, I got I got Ant Man doing his thing, and. uh I, I'm. I don't know what's next. Is uh, Doctor Strange next? Doctor Strange is next. Yeah. Doctor Strange is next. I, I'm. I'm still not sold on that. I will say, and it was we had because we hadn't talked about it. I got to see the so the first trailer was was Rogue One, and holy cow! Like on yeah. the big screen and like high definition and whatever. I flipped out when that came on. Yeah. Uh. So like I got all excited for that and I got you know. I, but yeah, it was um. Wait, wait, wait. John likes wait. something Star Wars? <laughs> I don't think so. I'm yeah, I, Look, it's not that I don't like. I've always said it's not that I don't like. It's just not don't necessarily like it as much as everybody else. Yeah. But I will tell you, that, that particular preview, I got. I was so stoked when yeah. I was watching it on the big screen. I was like, holy cow. I looked over at, at, at Heidi and said, D -d -oof. I just got really, really excited yeah. uh, seeing that, you know, that same one that was – what we saw already just on the big screen was quite powerful. So yeah. now I'll ask, yeah. I'll ask this of each person, but uh, John, where, so where does civil war in the Marvel movies, where does it? Oh, I don't know. Fit? Like, is there, is there anything above it right now or? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I still like, I still like the first two cat movies a lot. You know, it's hard to rank them. They're also different. I can remember I was sitting there thinking about it the other day. I went and I remember seeing Ant Iron Man on opening day, and thank goodness I'd watched the Nerdist because they'd said, "Oh, you know, stay around for the, stay around to the end," and I think that one still really holds up really well. Yeah. So you know, I mean, it's I haven't seen Avengers one in a while. I always thought that was kind of that was bananas when that came out. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, I still. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to yeah. say. It's it's very good. Yeah, it's very good. It was better than Ultron, and it gave it, it got me excited to see what happens next. Yeah. And again, when we see Ant Man two and he gets to do his thing again, um, I can't wait for that. Yeah, because I just that to me just the whole those fight scenes made sense. They weren't so frenetic that I couldn't keep track of what was going on. Um, so, and, and I will say too, it gave me, it, it got me interested in seeing the new Spider-Man movie too. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I, you for know, sure. I, those guys have not done anything worth, I didn't, I saw the last couple 
was I guess that was Amazing Spider-Man. That those didn't do anything for me. Yeah. So this, I just I liked the kid and and I liked I, I loved the after sequence and I loved the fact that he's going to have tech and yeah. So I you know that getting getting Marvel involved was the best thing that Sony could have done. Absolutely. They, they I think they you know they they really could make it yeah. make more sense. Yeah. Fit in so. Travis, what did you think? I. I th- it's my favorite Marvel movie uh, that has uh, came out. It hit all the right uh, hit all the right spots. Uh, it had comedy, it had action, it had drama. Uh, I loved Ant Man. I loved well. I I Ant Man. Ant Man got in my if I could talk in my opinion. You could tell that Civil War was written and done prior to Marvel getting Spider-Man from Sony. So I, it's very obvious to me that Ant-Man got – he was going to be the comedy of mm-hmm. the movie, and then they had to throw in Spider-Man. So – and I'm not complaining, but it, it just – Ant-Man was, I think, a lot funnier than, than Spider-Man uh, to, to what John said. And I, I loved it. Uh, so that was the only – not the only complaint, but that was the, one of the things that it felt that uh, that Spidey was kind of put in an already finished movie to have some more one-liners. But uh, overall, it, it was good. I, I liked it. Uh, I've, obviously, it was my, my favorite uh, Marvel movie, and uh, I, I can't wait for... Uh, Rogue One, like I said, I saw the trailer for the first time on the big screen. Went, holy cow. It was great seeing the old Stormtroopers. Um, and I'm not one for 3D, but I am definitely going to go see Doctor Strange on IMAX 3D because I think that will just take that movie to a whole different level. Especially with the whole like Inception-looking stuff and everything of the worlds folding on each other and everything. So right. Seems pretty cool. Uh, I bet you when he gets, when he gets a uh, hit by, uh, and he loses, he gets uh, knocked out of his body. Yeah. And he's looking at himself. Yeah. That would be look pretty cool. in 3d. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Nick, what did you think of civil war? Oh man, I loved it. I mean, I, I don't have a complaint or a gripe about it. Yeah. Except that I think Captain America is a dick now. <laughs> see, I don't just, see. I don't see that. I, I understood exactly I, why you thought it, but I don't. See I, it. I just see it. I mean, I mean, I liked all the characters. Like I wasn't too versed on Black Panther, but I really enjoyed him being in it. I mean, I did like Ant Man. Ant Man was he was more. He seemed more like he wasn't expecting to be there and he was like more in awe of the situation and what was going on mm-hmm. where like spider-man just came in and he was like like you just was meant to be there yeah i still got a little bit from spider-man of like I, i'm just here because this, i'm told to stand here and go there right and that's <laughs> what you would expect with a kid like okay you stand here when we tell you to stand here <laughs> um but I, I did like, I mean, like like John was saying, all the parts were really well. There wasn't, you know, everybody got equal amount of time, and it wasn't like, it wasn't like one was shunned for another. Right. Yeah. I mean, all the, I, it was really good. I mean, I, I don't have a complaint about it. It's it's my favorite Marvel movie right now. Yeah. 
you know, it's funny. The one, the one thing, and it's not a complaint, but it was kind of, I don't know, creepy for lack of a better word. The whole interaction between Vision and Scarlet Witch when he's keeping her in the house, mm-hmm. which first of all, I loved how tight his clothes were that you could <laughs> see the design. Like, I thought that was just really an interesting an interesting detail like they could, put in. It's like you could tell he's trying to be. Yeah, but he had like all the little right. curly cues and everything on his, yeah. on his chest. Yeah. But of course I had to explain to my family that, Oh, Scarlet Witch and vision were married in the eighties. Right? right. I mean, they had a miniseries right? in this. And I think they even talked about, Oh, you know, she's a kid, you know, she's a high school age kid or whatever. So that seeing that relationship, developed that way was a little creepy like i sit there and think about you know stuff because in the comics she was probably in her 20s if not early 30s maybe i'm entirely wrong but as a kid i computed that she was an adult and i see this and this you know they're saying high school age kid and you know it's odd enough to say okay android and the mutant are going to have a relationship but you you, you started seeing some of that and i thought okay it's a little weird yeah. <laughs> even yeah, for comics like, this it, is a little weird and, and, you know, and i wonder though if i wonder if we were seeing it because we know about that because i wonder if like the average person would just see it as vision being awkward because he's trying to keep her there and not and trying to learn to be human yeah, and everything but then, he, but then he also got distracted by her in the battle so yeah I mean, that you know, I think he kind of stayed intended to her. So I, you know, again, yeah, it's comics. It's yeah. it's a movie. Yeah, <laughs> I was sitting there thinking, I was like, this is a little, yeah. <laughs> a little odd. But, yeah. um, but like I said, I would be very interested to hear like the the person that never knew that and has not read comics to see if they picked up on that in right. the movie. It would be very interesting to to hear that. But did they ever mention she was high school age in the movie? I want to say that at some point, I th- I swear, I think it's Hawkeye says something about it. Because I mean, after, after the accident, children. Yeah, I, I just I thought at some point he said, you know, like she's a teenager or whatever. I maybe I'm maybe I'm dreaming that, but I, I thought for some reason after because you know she's like she's got the weight of the world on her shoulders because this horrible thing happened that she just lost control of herself and. You know, or couldn't control the situation, and now she's carrying this horrible guilt. I swear, I thought he said something about her being a kid or a teenager or something. I maybe, maybe I told him I'm dreaming it, but it, it's it's just a minor quibble. It's yeah, 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 yeah. Big, I mean, it really I, I honest, and I honestly don't remember. So I know in Age of Ultron they mentioned them about being children or something like that, but they never said like. I mean, you figure Cap and Iron Man are in their forties. Right. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. At least I have to watch it again to see if something's actually mentioned or not. So yeah. Um, for me, uh, and and I'll go out on a limb and say, not only is it my favorite uh, Marvel movie, it's my favorite comic book movie. Um, for me, for me personally, it hit on every single mark that I would want to see in a comic book movie. I had. I had a ton of characters that I absolutely loved, and to all of your guys' point, you know, they spent a good amount of time with each one of them. I didn't feel like one was just kind of there. Uh, every single one had their moments, and uh, uh, the thing that I pointed out to some people uh, that had seen it that I work with is, I said, you know, you'll watch an action movie, and there's fight scenes and every you can tell that everyone in that fight scene was trained by the same choreographer 
that was not true for this movie. Every single character had their own fighting style that was true to that character. Um, you know, Cap didn't fight the same way as Black Panther. Black Panther didn't fight the same way as Spider-Man. They all fought using their powers, different fighting styles. Um, and that just, it was a little thing that meant a lot to me because when I read the comics, they all fight in their own unique ways. Um, I agree. Ant-Man, when he blew up big and he's like laughing about it, that was awesome. <laughs> Do you know yeah, how he was laughing? Somebody just pointed this out to me the other day. He was laughing like the Jolly Green Giant. Yes. Oh, oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. Well, the, the look on yep. the look in his eyes, and I think he picks up Spidey. Yeah. Like he picks he picks up Spidey, and he just the look in his eyes of glee. Well, actually, was, wasn't it, uh, it wasn't it a uh, War Machine that he picks up? He grabs. Yeah. Yes. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. It, whoever, but whoever he picks up initially, and just the look the look on it like a little child at Christmas. Yes. It, I, I just I couldn't I couldn't contain it. I was so funny. Yeah. I was so well done. And then of course Spider Man kills me with with the whole. You guys know that really old movie. Old movie. I was like, you yeah, bastard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that old movie Empire Strikes Back. Um, so, uh, but obviously I loved having a Star Wars reference in it. That didn't hurt at all. Um, I thought actually for me at least I didn't feel like Spider Man was forced into the movie at all. I felt like. I agree that I think Ant-Man was supposed to be the comic relief, but I felt equal comic relief from Spider-Man. I absolutely loved the the uh, the point where I think it was uh, Hawk was it Hawkeye or somebody that said to him, you know, there's a usually there's not as much talking in these battles, <laughs> um, and he's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, I, I to me this is the best Spider-Man we've ever had on screen. Um, even and he was in it a lot more than I thought he was going to be in it, which I love that too. I like that they bypassed his origin story because everyone knows yes, freaking Spider-Man's I, origin story. I absolutely agree. I, I I was so glad they didn't delve into that. Yeah. They just kind of said, you know, if I had his powers for six months and yeah, then went on, and I, they showed him doing clips, and he's like, oh, that's not, yeah, that's it's amazing what you can do with computers today, huh? <laughs> but uh, I. Uh, the only, if I had to point out a weak point at all, the only weak point that I saw, and to me it wasn't even a weak point, was uh, Baron Zemo. Uh, it wasn't really Baron Zemo, and he kind of played a role that just helped move the story along, but at the same time, I felt like they gave him some depth that we haven't seen in a lot of Marvel villains in a while. Um, like, the, Other than Kingpin and Deadpool, uh, yeah. Zemo has the most character depth or of a, of a Marvel villain. Yeah, I think. Yeah, like he's he's doing it because he lost his family. Like, man, that hit home when you realize that that was a recording he was listening to and not actually talking yeah. to his family. So, um, so I thought that was I thought that was great too. I heard people kind of saying that was a weak part of the movie. For me, it really wasn't. Um, I would have liked to seen more with him. Um, but, and, and based on how the movie ended, it seems like we're going to see more of him. Uh, I, yeah, I thought this was, to me, this was a perfect, uh, movie, uh, comic book movie in every way, shape and form. Uh, I even loved, I love the fact that there was two end credit scenes and both of them actually meant something as funny as it was to see at the end of Avengers, them all sitting around eating shawarma together cracked me up but 
I loved this better because each end credit scene had some meaning to it. Like I was cracking up when uh, Peter is explaining to his Aunt May about, yeah, I uh, got in a fight with this guy, Steve. He's from Brooklyn, and he had a big guy with him, really big guy. <laughs> like, that was awesome. Speaking of Aunt May, this is it's very awkward to say this, but it was very <laughs> awkward that Aunt May, for the first time in my 35 years, well, 30 years of collecting Spider-Man, where Aunt May was hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at that and went, man, they, Marissa Tomei is just gorgeous. Wait, she's before. Aunt May. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I feel like they tried to toy with an older, like, attractive Aunt May. In oh, ulti- Lord, no. In, in, no, I mean in Ultimate <laughs> Spider-Man. Like, oh. I feel like they tried to make her at least a little bit young and hip, but still old. Uh, in Ultimate Spider-Man, but that's about as close as they ever got to Aunt May being like hot. <laughs> um, but yeah, that... Marissa Tomei did a great job. Yeah, she. I'm all for Marissa Tomei. Yes. Yeah, I thought I thought it was really well done. To your point, John, I'm very excited for the Spider-Man movie now, uh, which has been a long time since I could say that <laughs> because the last several we've received haven't been very good. Amazing Spider-Man, I thought was pretty good, but I still didn't care for the lizard too much in it. Yeah. Um, but I thought Spider-Man was done pretty well in that movie. Uh, but the last the last Amazing Spider-Man I thought was a train wreck. Um, so, like I said, this movie, for me, like I said, it hit everything perfectly for me. Nick, I totally understand why you think Captain America's a dick, but... I, I just think he is. I mean, he didn't have to keep that from Tony. He could have told him. And what I picked he up... Could have it, lessened, he could have lessened that blow by telling Tony a while ago and not, not when, like, everything was high risk. Yeah. I, and what I picked up from him, maybe I read it wrong, but what I picked up was that he knew that Tony's parents were killed, but he didn't know who did it until he watched that video. Oh, I, I got from it when he asked, when he asked him if he knew, he said, yes. And I, he knew the whole time. I, I, I side with Nick on this one. That's how I, I took it. But didn't he say, I, but I didn't know who, that's what I thought too. I, I, I could have swore that he actually said I knew, but he said yes, but I didn't know who until just now. Everybody knew his parents were killed. No, I thought he knew that his parents died in a car. Yeah, but, accident. but he did. No, I I thought Cap just didn't know who did it. Right. That he knew that they had been murdered. That it was it was staged, but right. he didn't know it was. Right. Tony always knew. Tony always thought his parents died in a car accident. He didn't know that they were murdered. Um, and, t- but, and Steve is saying that he knew that they were murdered and that it was that, you know, right. to John's point that it was staged, he just didn't know that it was Bucky that did it. I don't but know. I, at I the end of the movie, know. right before like the final battle, they look at each other, you know, uh, Tony looks at him and goes, you knew. And he goes, yes. He said, so but I, he said, yes, but I didn't know who. I thought he just said Yes. I thought he just said. Uh, well, I think we all have to go see it again. Yeah, let's go we're gonna see it again. exactly. <laughs> where's the uh, Where's the replay rule in uh, Star Joe's vi- or we'll, movie watching? Yeah, we'll, we'll go. We'll go watch it again, and I'm sure by then we'll have uh, people that have told us already on right, Facebook. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, people are yelling in their iPhones and. I'll agree, and I'll agree with you there. If he if he actually did know 
who it was. I do agree that it's like, ooh, why would you not have told him? But like I said, I could have swore he said I knew, but it, like he knew that they were murdered, but he didn't know who did it, which is still not a great move on his part. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but I think it makes him less of a dick if he didn't know it was Bucky. So Plus, plus I mean, Captain America had help against Iron Man. Yeah. Iron Man had no help. Sure. But that's because Tony, and I understand why he wouldn't, but Tony wouldn't listen to anything at that point. He was just filled with rage. I totally get why he was. I'm not faulting him for that, but, you know, Cap kind of needed some help <laughs> because he was dealing with uh, Iron Man in full power, willing to kill uh, at that point. So, um, which I thought that fight scene was just awesome. So, see. yeah, it was. Especially when they were throwing the shields back and forth. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, well, and then the first end credit scene of actually getting to see like the w- little bit of Wakanda that we got to see with the the panther statue in the in the mist and all that. I thought that looked awesome. I'm like that got me excited for the Black Panther movie. Um, yeah, I was, I mean, like you said, it, and uh, Black Panther chasing down the uh, the street chase that happened. I thought that was awesome. Uh, the f- the fight scene against Bucky inside the like the cafeteria or whatever it was there, where each person was taking their turn trying to fight him. Um, oh man, my favorite part is when he was going to shoot Stark in the face and he yeah. Stark put his, his uh, glove on. <laughs> yes, the Iron Man and stopped that and that look on his face like, oh shit, <laughs> you were going <laughs> to shoot me. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. And then Black Widow wraps her legs around his head and just starts. <laughs> Whoa! She did. What movie were you watching? She did. I don't know why he would kick her off. Right. Just <laughs> kept her, kept her on. Um, but the whole, uh, the one thing too, you know, we we talked about some moments and everything else, but the whole fight scene at the airport was amazingly set up, perfectly, like just an incredible fight scene because that thing lasted for quite a while, um, yeah. and. And it was done extremely well. Um, and again, every character had their moment to shine and 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 do their thing, and it was it was so well done. About that, um, that ten minutes or twelve minutes, however long that that shot was, was shot in with a special IMAX uh, camera. Okay. Now. Uh, what is going with that is the reason they did that is it was they were testing that camera because Avengers three and four because it's no longer Infinity War they're being renamed right uh, the whole both of those movies are going to be filmed with those IMAX oh nice uh, cameras so uh, if you went to go see it in IMAX and you noticed it got a little bigger or the it it looked a little different uh, yeah. was because. They did shoot ten to twelve minutes uh, of that with with those special cameras. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I went and saw it in IMAX 3D. There was no way I was not seeing this in IMAX 3D. (laughs) So, so yeah, that that whole scene was just epic. So, um, yeah, like I said, I I can't wait till this one comes out on video because, like I said, for me, this was the perfect comic book movie for me. And I will watch this thing over and over and over again. Um, and I know Travis, you mentioned like 
which I totally agree. The Captain America movies have gotten better from one to this one. And I love all three of them. I think they're fantastic. And I know you mentioned like, this is your favorite trilogy. Yes. Um, for me, I still don't put it as a trilogy just because I do think only for me, because I feel like it does depend on you seeing the Avenger movies to know what's happening and who these characters are. Uh, you at least need to see those two Avengers movies to know like who vision is and what's going on and stuff like that. But I can totally understand why someone would say this is, this is a great trilogy. So, yeah, it, uh, it is, it's my, my favorite uh, trilogy. It based off of the previous uh, episode where, you know, you said what movies are actually still trilogies, uh, still a trilogy. Um, and you are right. Uh, I will say that it, Seeing the other movies helps this out, but I feel like kind of like when you do read comics, the the overall story is between Cap and Bucky, and then you've got just some extras thrown in on the side. If you know about it, that will you know that will just make it that much a better and, and a nicer coherent story for you. But if you don't know that. Or if you do know that, it just – either or. I mean yeah. it, it, it's, it, there's no right or wrong answer. You know, yeah. six of one, half a dozen of another. Yeah. I just think like especially Age of Ultron, uh, even though I know it wasn't one of John's favorites. I, I still really like Age of Ultron. But I really feel like if you didn't see that when you'd be coming into this one going, who's this Scarlet Witch character? Who's this Vision character? Like not knowing what the hell's going on. Um you know, with at least with certain characters, where's Thor? Where's Hulk? Why are they not here? Um, so that's the only reason why I'm, like I said, I, I don't put it as a, a tr- standalone trilogy, which is why I still would have Back to the Future as being my favorite trilogy. That's still a trilogy, but I totally can understand, like, yeah, this is a great trilogy of movies, if especially if you've watched those other ones where, and it's one of the few times where I can honestly say that each one has gotten better than the last one. Winter Soldier was my favorite Marvel movie before this one came out. And, uh, and I don't, I, I think our buddy Chewie made a comment saying like, I think it was him. He says, I hadn't seen this one yet, but he says, I feel like everyone's doing the, well, this is the new movie. So that's why it's my favorite. I've had time to digest this movie a lot. And I'm like, there's nothing I can think of that, that beats this one for me. So it was just that good. Yeah. I mean, it, it was not just a good Marvel movie, but a good action movie as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. And you not know what got quite the commando. Biggest, right. No, no, nothing beats commando, <laughs> but you know what got the biggest pop in our theater? Like the biggest laugh. What's that? Was right at the end when it said Spider-Man will return. <laughs> that got more laughs than anything else. In all, which I thought was really funny. Yeah. But yeah, that that little tag at the end, people just erupted when that came up. I thought that was really odd. Yeah, it's it almost, was funny. It's almost like Sony going, uh, "See, you lo- you you'll like this Spider Man. We're going to give you movies with the Spider Man. <laughs> Please come back again to see a Spider Man movie." Yeah. <laughs> um, do we want to talk a little bit about uh, DC Rebirth since that was pretty new too, and I I think it was a very positive thing. So. Um, Travis, I know you read it. Nick, did you read it? I did. Okay. Um, John, I don't think you had a chance to read it. Uh, nope. Okay. Um, so 
Travis, I think I know your, this is almost opposite. Travis, I think I know your thoughts on this one. So now we're going to go to the other spectrum of the group, which is Nick, what did you think of it? I liked it. And I, I, I get they're calling it Rebirth, but to me, it, it, it's like Flashpoint 2. Okay. I mean, it, it just seems like they're going back in. We're, get, we're getting pe- bits and pieces again for you. He's on Robert's. He's on Robert's <laughs> internet. You stealing Robert's Wi-Fi? <laughs> oh, call dropped. Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. <laughs> Snick. Oh, call drops. Saturday this is gonna, one, this is gonna be a fun one to edit. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, well, for fun for me. <laughs> I'm gonna try this one my more favorite episode to edit. Try one more time. He said, "Give, so give me a minute." Okay. Maybe I'm back. There you go. Oh, there you I go. hope so. There you go. You're sounding a lot better right now. So. You st- <laughs> second, I- are you there now? Wi-Fi. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Good. Okay. I I I enjoyed Rebirth, but it just seems like it's like a Flashpoint Part Two. Okay. It's what you know it could have been. I like that they're they're bringing back some of the older characters. Yeah, I, I'll kind of agree with you. I think if they had done this when they did Flashpoint, it uh, would have been received a lot better. Right, and I, I like how they incorporated Watchmen. Yeah, yeah, that was, was that was awesome. I was looking up on, I was like reading some other things on what people thought, like how the Watchmen characters are in it. Like some are saying, like the comedian could be Joker. Yeah, to in a yes. weird way, sure. And then it's like uh, the two new characters that they have, Gotham for. Uh, Issue one. Yeah. Is there, um, I, I don't know their names, but they're talking about that maybe it's uh, Night Owl and Silk Spectre. Oh, yeah, okay. That could. I'll tell you what, the one thing that. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, go ahead. The, the one thing that perplexed me kind of is how did the Watchmen pin get in the back cave? I don't know. I guess we're going to find out. That's. <laughs> That's what that's what that's what gets me like how the hell did that get there? Yeah, and it seems like it was kind of in, in, like in the rock. So, and and how did he know it was there? I don't know. I don't know. He, that was when. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm. Wally told Barry to find his dad's well, Wally, letter. Yeah, go to his dad's yeah. letter. He yeah. went to his dad's letter. And then after he looked at the letter, he looked to the side and saw the, the Yeah, button. that's right. Yep. Because didn't the letter also, didn't it go away? I can't remember the panel. I don't have it in front of me. But, um, yeah, he went and looked at the letter and noticed something there. So Right. Um, so that that's how he found it. Um, Travis, what did oh, Nick dropped off? So <laughs> just, He said his piece. Yeah, I'm just going to let him know. Thank you for playing. Don't yeah. come back. <laughs> so, uh, Travis, uh, what what did you think? What were your th- overall thoughts with it? I liked it. I uh, it's crazy how in today's modern comics, how 
well, and social media, I felt like I had to read it as soon as possible mm-hmm. or I wasn't going to get the experience that the comic was going to have. So yeah, um, I digital double dipped because I already had the comic pulled um, at Superfly at my comic store. Yeah, But I, I bought it digitally and I read it before work, uh, before I did any sort of social mediaing that day uh, because I didn't want anything spoiled uh, more so than uh, an article uh, about Reddit had already uh, had been spoiled. I, I really liked it and I, it's, I really liked it and I really liked seeing everything coming back. And I'm glad that DC is going back to a, uh, a place to where it was. Um, I just, I'm going to play just devil's advocate just a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, Jeff Johns was the writer of this, Yeah. Uh, but Jeff Johns was one of three men that really, really pushed the new 52, the other being Jim Lee and Dan DiDio. Yeah. So it's very, there's not a, there's a reason that there's a website called how many days has it been since DC has done something stupid. So, <laughs> so I, I still have a slight hesitant. Yes, right now, you know, four days, five days after the comic came out, am I excited? Of course, and I would. I'm, I'm very excited to see where this goes. But man, I just, I hope, I hope that we don't get burnt again this time. I will say, in the defense of that. Uh, and I could be completely wrong with this, but my understanding is, yes, Jeff Johns helped with the New 52. Um, however, I feel like his role was more, here's the comics we want you to write, which was Justice League and Aquaman and stuff, and that he was a lot more occupied with the creative side of the business, meaning the the TV and movie stuff, like just kind of getting that going, especially the TV stuff. Um, that he had his hands involved with that and that he was just writing some of these other titles. I really do think that Dan DiDio and Jim Lee were the orchestrators of the New 52 as far as the overall looks of stuff, the the direction it was going to go in and stuff like that, because it seems very odd to me to then have Jeff John step in now, and he was the main vocal person of this, and he's the one that said, we got some stuff wrong. I mean, they didn't come out and say that, but he basically said that. Right. Um, so I think that, especially knowing John's history with the DC universe, like he has a huge, uh, love for the history, the legacy, all of that stuff that we see in this issue. I don't know if he was really all that involved in the creation of the new 52, other than the titles he was told to write. And really, when you think about it, I know some people didn't care for the beginning of justice league. I thought it was really good. Um, but Aquaman was a phenomenal read. Uh, you know, it really reinvigorated that character. Um, so I, I think this was DC come or Warner time Warner coming to him and say, or Warner brothers coming to him and saying, um, we need this corrected (laughs) and we think you're the guy to do it because, you know, you've, you've reinvigorated so many characters in the past. So, um, I think he set the standard for the stories we're going to see, which is what has me excited about it. The thing I really loved about this is they told us it wasn't going to be a reboot, and it's really not. It 
you know, if you were someone that was reading just the new 52 stuff, that stuff's still there. And if you were someone that liked the old DC universe, that stuff is going to be still there. Like they're bringing that stuff back. Um, I'm not going to lie. There was a couple points I was teared up because I am a huge DC fan. I, I love DC. I love Marvel and DC, but I, if you put a gun to my head, I'm going to tell you I'm a, a DC fan. Um, and I've read a lot of history of DC. I've read a lot of comics and everything. Um, they brought back my second favorite character in all of comics, Wally West. Uh, he's back as the Flash. Uh, well, he might not be the Flash, but he's going to be in a speedster costume. And, uh, you know, when Linda didn't recognize him, which Linda was his wife in the old, old DCU, when she didn't recognize him, I felt a lot of empathy for him because I was like, man, I can't imagine if my wife didn't recognize me. Um, that was just, that's just Tuesday around here. And (laughs) (laughs) but that was heart wrenching for me to see that. And then when he was saying goodbye to Barry and just thanking him for everything. And he just wasn't expecting Barry to remember him because he's like, Linda doesn't remember me. Why would I expect Barry to remember me? But he still wanted to thank him. And I see him dissolving and I'm like, man, is this DC saying like, forget Wally. He's never coming back. Like this is your goodbye to Wally. Um, I really thought that's what DC was doing. And then to see Barry say, you know, all of a sudden remember who he was. And it was just like this little whisper of Wally. And then he grabs him and literally like it was a literal pulling him out. But it was also like this metaphor of like DC saying, we're bringing back the history. We're bringing back the legacy. We're bringing back the love between these characters, the connections, all these things that we know we screwed up on. We're literally bringing them back in this story. And that was phenomenal to me. Um, That's where I really did tear up because I'm like, holy crap, they're bringing them back. And I was afraid because, you know, like you said, DC does stupid things sometimes. Marvel does too. I was so afraid they brought them back just to kill them. Like I thought the next page was going to be like after they (laughs) hugged each other, it was going to be like. Welcome back. You're dead. Yeah. Welcome back. Boom. You're dead. Like something happens that kills them. Like the force that was that force that they said was causing them to forget. Maybe you came in and took them out. And I was like, God, I hope they don't do that. And they didn't. Thank God. Like it was like, it was perfect. It, it brought hope back to the DC universe quite literally. Cause the flash characters have always been a symbol of hope. They've always been that symbol of, of, uh, never giving up. So to, pull him back in to pull hope back into the DC universe. And I made a comment about this on our Facebook page too, with the whole Watchmen thing. Watchmen was a game changer uh, back when it came out. And and so was the dark Knight. It was like, okay, here's what realism gritty comics can be. And that hadn't been done before. And all of a sudden it, it just changed everything for the next several decades. And we got like extreme characters and gritty characters and, raw characters and all this type of stuff that we just didn't get before. And I feel like this, the reason that the watchmen are being used, or at least maybe Dr. Manhattan probably is uh, why they're being used as like this force against what the DC universe became and everything like, or what it's, it's trying to become again is because they're trying to make this almost a game changer. Like, Hey, we can have dark and gritty, but we don't have to have dark and gritty. Like, it's it's time to bring hope back and it's time to bring love back. I mean, to show the the little symbolisms throughout this issue were just amazing. Like showing Arthur proposing to Mira, which 
when the new 52 came, they said, nobody's married anymore. We're not having married characters. It's not going to happen. You know, all the characters that were married in the past are not married anymore. And that pissed off a lot of fans. So to see Arthur propose to Mira, it was literally saying, we're bringing marriages back. We're bringing the love between characters back. To see Ollie and Dinah uh, in their separate rooms, but they feel like something's missing. Like there's a connection missing um, in their lives and stuff like that. Like all that stuff, there was there was so much awesome storytelling, but there was also so much awesome symbolism uh, throughout the entire thing. Uh, love seeing that the Justice Society is going to come back, uh, and that was heart wrenching too to see Johnny Thunder like that he for some reason threw away the genie and now he wants him back. Um, to see Legion of Superheroes are going to come back, and I assume that was Saturn Girl that we saw. Um, and she's like, I know the future and I want to see Superman and, and stuff. And, um, it was just, man, this, this issue just had so much of the feels for me. And it, and like I said, it had such a message behind every panel. I've read it three times already and I could easily read it again and get even more out of it than the first three times I read it. So that's why for me that this issue, I can't even imagine there being a better issue for at least for me as a DC fan, um, than this issue for the rest of the year. Um, I'm hoping that we'll get more of, of this rebirth thing happening and more of the old stuff that we missed brought in. But that was the thing I love too, is they didn't get rid of the new stuff, the new stuff that worked, they kept. So you've still got some of these, some of your new characters that are still part of this universe. They didn't just wipe everything out. They just put, they're just re- very much so putting everything together. And that's, what's got me excited. It's uh it's definitely an exciting time to, uh, be a DC fan. And I, I, I am glad for the people that are happy and, uh, I'm excited to, to see where things are going. Yeah. Um, John, did you hear anything? Like, I, I assume, I'm sure you heard a lot of the positive stuff, but did you hear anything when it came to Rebirth or anything like that? Uh, no, I, I, I mean, I haven't heard anything negative. Okay. Which is good. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I jumped, I read a little bit of the, the New 52 stuff, and, you know, I'm just not enough of a fan to, when, when you reboot, when you restarted the whole thing with the New 52, some of it made sense. Some of it didn't. You know, even earlier, I got to tell you, when you were talking through the previews and you were talking about New Fifty Two Superman as opposed to Lois and Clark Superman, that that just I was so confused. I don't want to ask. <laughs> you know, just give me give me the characters I understand. Do they have to? You know, do they have to be what they were fifty years ago? No, but well, I will say to, you're to, to chuck it all and start over. Yeah. You know, again. If we look around, if you, when you go to conventions or you talk to people or you're on these boards, let's face it, most of the readers are the readers you've had. Yeah, you're not getting not it's not a it's not a, a blanket statement to say you're not getting new readers. Sure, but you don't you're not getting a lot of new readers yet. What do we do? We continue to restart with number one. This is what's new. This is what's now. This is whatever. Just give us something worth reading. Yeah. Give us stories that are worth reading that get us inter- engaged, and you know, hopefully, don't have half the internet mad at you and the other half not. I, I you know, it's 
And what I will throw out there, and it's not just for you, John, because I realize at the end of the day, you might be like, you know, I, you know, I don't really care if you explain it to me or not. But I think for some of our listeners, they might be interested in understanding the whole Superman thing. I was just confused. Yeah, yeah. Well, this <laughs> might this might this, this this might clear it up for you. So, okay. so with the the new Fifty Two, we got you know the whole Justice League. Everything was brand new. There was Superman, you know, and everything else. But the thing that they realized that they had wrong with Superman was the character of Superman. He just wasn't the Superman that, like, to your point, that we've been reading for years. Uh, He didn't have the same feel. He didn't have the same hope. He didn't have the same positivity, all that type of stuff. So when Convergence, going back to Convergence storyline, Convergence came out, they pulled a lot of characters from different timelines in DC's universe. One of the characters they pulled out was pre-Flashpoint, pre-New 52, Superman. And they had him in one of the bubbles in Convergence. And he was there with Lois. And they had a kid, a baby together. Um, because that's, there's a whole thing with Convergence. But basically, they it was our Superman that we've known for years and years and years. With Lois, they were married. And because of Convergence, they were able to have a, a baby together and everything else. Well, when Convergence ended, some of the heroes were asked... If the, where they wanted to go, and almost all of them asked to go back to their time period, their universe, and everything else. Superman and Lois decided that they wanted to help another universe. So they came to the New 52 universe, and they stayed incognito as, as Clark Kent and Lois Lane. They actually renamed themselves Clark White and Lois White uh, after Perry White. Um, and they had they raised their son, and that's the miniseries Superman, Lois, and Clark, which is a phenomenal miniseries. It's like eight issues. It's actually going to be in trade very soon. Um, but they stayed in in the shadows, and he still went out and saved people, but he did it very quick, so no one could tell who did it or what you know what was going on. And Lois became a best selling author because she was doing all this investigative journalism of stuff that she knew that happened in her universe with certain characters. She was able to do some investigations to catch stuff before it happened in this new 52 universe. So all that stuff was going on Well, the new 52 Superman ends up dying. I'm in the middle of reading that story. He, he goes through all these different things that happened to him that causes his body structure to just start deteriorating and he's dying. Well, the original Superman who came from that convergence world, um, that's our Superman that we've been reading forever. He basically makes himself known. And, um, and now that's seems like that's going to be the Superman that we're going to get in rebirth is the Superman. We, the classic Superman that we've been reading for years, the post crisis burn Superman. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't know if that clears it up or muddies it up even more for you. No, that makes a little more sense. Okay. So if it makes more sense to you, hopefully it'll make more sense to our listeners as well. So, um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm actually once again, excited to read Superman too, which I didn't think I was going to be excited to read Superman. Cause I have not been excited to read Superman for a while right now. <laughs> um, I read it for a little while when the new 52 started and I was like, this is just not for me. Um, but I did pick up the final days of Superman, which are dealing with the stuff I just talked about. And I'm in the middle of that story right now. And I know a little bit of what, about what's going to happen because of DC, the DC rebirth issue and because of the solicitations that are coming out. So, um, all right. That I think did, Anything else you guys wanted to talk about before we call it a night? Yes, I have one thing. Yeah. 
Um, you know, sadly, we lost a creator a few weeks ago yeah. in Darwin Cook. Yes. Um, and I have three things to say about that. First of all, if you if you don't know anything about Darwin Cook, go out and pick up New Frontier and pick up his Parker adaptations and look at the work of a true master. Mm-hmm. The man was a storytelling genius, and you need to find it, read it, and appreciate it because he had an incredible talent that we were extremely lucky that he shared. Secondly, and to, to Ryan's credit, and Ryan's talked about it on the show, he made every effort to meet Darwin last year yeah. at Baltimore and did. Um, you know, unfortunately, none of us are going to be around forever. And so, you know, take the opportunity when you have it. If there are people you want to meet, if it's us, if it's creators, whoever it may be, make sure that you take the time and do it. Even if it's just to say thank you and shake their hand, but make sure that you do it so that you don't regret it down the road. Yep. And thirdly, as a former smoker, and I know that that's part of what did him in, if you were smoking, stop, get in better health, and just be around for longer than you will if you keep doing it. So that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, and, I, and I'm glad you brought it up, uh, John, because I – Obviously, you know that day I was impacted. I, I think I, I don't. I think I texted you. I know I texted quite a few people uh, when I found out, and uh, or you may have texted me because you knew I was a fan. Um, but I, I know I reached out to a lot of people, and um, to your exactly what you're saying, uh, and the whole reason I went back multiple times to try to meet Darwin Cook was because I had heard from people on Comic Geek Speak say that you know don't pass up that opportunity to meet somebody that you've wanted to meet uh, because you never know if you're not going to get that opportunity again. And uh, because of either just not having the opportunity or just because they're no longer with us or you might no longer be with us. uh, It's, it's a sad, but true fact in life. And uh, I, that was the one thing to, to exactly what you're saying. That's the one thing I can, say I was grateful was that I now it feels like it was completely worth me going like we joked about how many times I went back but man am I so glad I went back every time now uh and I I had two minutes with the guy not even uh but it meant the world when I look back at it now and I that day I did go out and I got the the Parker books because I was like I you guys recommended them to me before and I didn't order them I didn't pick them up and I'm like you know what I'm gonna go pick them up now and I've started them and they are phenomenal um, so uh, and New Frontier is is my all time favorite Justice League story I consider it a Justice League story uh, I know it's kind of the whole DC universe but I do consider it a Justice League story overall um, it's amazing. Uh, Great, great, great talent. So uh, he will sorely be be missed uh, for sure. I had for for a little while. I had the image that because he was supposed to do a variant cover for Jeremy Dale's Skyward. I think it was supposed to be issue twelve or something like that. It was going to be a limited edition cover for that. And uh, so it, I felt like it was a. I put it as my cover page on Facebook for a while. Um, I felt like it was a nice tribute to both creators who uh, sadly were gone way before their time. So, all right. Uh, well, on on that note, it's not the happiest of notes, but it's definitely a a, a note that needed to be said because uh, 
yeah, he was he was amazing and really nice guy too. Extremely nice guy who cared a lot about his fans. So, um, Travis, where can people find you? Where can they? I can be found on Facebook and Twitter, uh, T Fowler One. I'm also a co-host uh, for the podcast Mainstream Geek with Jason and Brandon. Uh, it's at mainstreamgeek.com. It's a twice a week episode. Brandon and Jason do Wednesdays, and Jason and I do. Uh, we try to do Fridays. Life has been getting uh, crazy with us both. But uh, another just uh, geek podcast. We talk movies, uh, comic movie news. Uh, we reviewed Civil War Zero. Um, there is, uh, reviews coming up of the preacher television show. So, uh, check it out, uh, if, uh, you would like to. Cool. Uh, John, how can they find you? Twitter, John underscore Thurmond, Facebook, John Thurmond, uh, Virginia con. We have our next show on June, on June 25th. Uh, we just announced Austin St. John, who is the original red power ranger, will be uh, our special media guest. Uh, you can find out more information and get tickets at vacomiccon.com. One thing I want to mention, we haven't talked about kind of in the closing notes in a while. Uh, we have merch. Yes. And um, I just bought another podcast merch, the only other podcast I've bought from. Uh, I bought a shirt from them and realized, hey, we haven't talked about it on here. So mm-hmm. if you're on starjoes.com, you can go to uh, – you have to help me with the link, Ryan. I think it's yeah. our stuff. Yeah, it's it. But yeah, know. it's basically uh, it's on the right hand side of this of starjoes.com. Uh, near the top right uh, is a is a bunch of information. You can find our uh, email address there. You can find our phone number there, and there's a link that says Starjoes merchandise. And if you, you, and if you click on so, that, it'll take you right to our page where you can buy T-shirts, you can buy sweatshirts, you can buy a coffee mug. Um, there's a with our with the Star Joe's logo on it. So yeah, so go go buy some stuff. Yeah, I'm glad you bring it up because I really need to bring that up every episode because again, every episode could be somebody's first episode. And if you're a listener, a uh, longtime listener, or even a first time listener, and you really enjoy the show. Uh, it's a unique, I can tell you it's a, it's a unique logo and I know when I wear it to conventions, I get a lot of comments about it. Uh, so it's something that gets people talking. So, uh, and the, and the price is very reasonable. Uh, it's, you know, it's what you would expect. I think most people would expect to pay for a t-shirt or a sweat, uh, hoodie or something like that. So, uh, kept, kept the cost pretty low. One other thing I'd, I'd like to say, Ryan, too, and, and I know we've thanked them when they're on here. We've had several guests of late, and so, Travis, thank you again for coming on tonight. Thanks for being on with Brian Shearer and uh, enjoyed Brian being on. And I have to say, going back and listening to the episode we, we just released lately with Greg Schiegel, uh, he was an absolute joy to have on as oh, well. Yeah. So uh, just thanks to those that have been coming on and uh, haven't, you know, I certainly miss Robert and Shannon and look forward to having them back soon. It's it's great to have some folks that we can uh, add into the mix. And it's just the last few episodes going back and listening. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. So I appreciate those folks taking time to take part. Yeah, it, it has been a blast uh, having different people on. Uh, John and I both have said in messages back to each other that the ep- – because I know everyone's waiting for it. But the episode that we finally get Robert and Shannon both on will be the animated episode. So – 
once we can get all four of us wrangled together, that will be the episode we do. So um, we we know you guys want to hear an animated episode, but we also know that those episodes are just that much more fun because Robert and Shannon are on with us. So um, so that's the only reason we haven't had that. Um, I am. I know you're not going to believe this, but I am inches away from getting the YouTube thing started. I've already talked to my wife actually literally today about getting the banner going and the background that I need and everything else so that I can actually record the first episodes of that and get that out there. Cause I think it's going to do nothing but positive things for this show. I think it'll do positive things for comics in general, to be quite honest, not, not to toot my own horn, but it, it's going to put out some good, comic reviews out there some good material that you guys will all enjoy and uh and I'm, i know i'm gonna have a lot of fun doing it which is why i think it'll be fun for you guys as well because when we're having fun you guys seem to have fun too so um with that being said you can find us at starjoes.com you can find us on facebook there's a group page and we've actually had just this past week i've had at least five to ten people that have joined the group page so um that's pretty good in recent times um but there's always room for more if you request to be part of the group page uh i will approve it the second i see it uh there's also a fan page on facebook that you can just click like and i'll update it with news items whenever i can uh as well as when new episodes are coming out uh you can follow us on twitter it's at star joe's podcast uh, you can also email the show. It's starjoespodcast at gmail.com. We haven't had any emails recently, so you, if you email the show, we will read that on the air and respond to it. You can also leave us a voicemail. It's 440-941-JOES, 440-941-J-O-E-S. And leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the air, and we'll respond to that as well. And please leave us an iTunes review. Uh, if you haven't left us one already, uh, please do so. It's great exposure for the show, and we will read those on the air as well. Um, I believe that's just about everything. Uh, but, oh, uh, Stitcher Radio, it's a free app for your mobile, mobile devices, and you can make Star Joe's one of your favorites on there. There's also the Podbean app, uh, P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Uh, that uh, is where you can also make Star Joe's one of your favorites, and you'll be updated whenever a new episode comes out. And you can just play it from your phone or whatever mobile device you have. So, um, other than that, we'll go ahead and close the episode by saying the Force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. Cobra Commander, he is the enemy. The enemy of G.I. Joe. He's escaping! He's escaping in the Cobra Claw! Get the new Jaws and get him aboard the Skyhawk! Introducing Butte, Roadblock, and Spirit. G.I. Joe, American hero! G.I. Joe is there! Cobra Commander got away! But we captured Storm Shadow! Yo, Joe! G.I. Joe, Skyhawk, Joe and Cobra figures, and Cobra Claw sold separately from Hasbro.